0: Hello again, and thanks for tuning in to another installment of the I Gotta Ask podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Oliveira, and this is my show where I talk to friends of mine about the interesting and cool things that they get up to. On this episode, I spoke with Rob Hughes and Matt Elder of the band Shred Penner and One Point Loss. Shred Penner is an excellent, excellent cover band, but they are also a group of really talented songwriters and recording artists, and recently put out a great album of original songs with some serious meaning behind most of the tracks. Um, I've known these guys for the better part of to the last 25 years, and I've played alongside them in One Point Loss on a number of occasions, and I was happy that they were willing to come on the show and discuss a number of things, including uh, the new Shred Penner album, uh, how everybody is feeling about the current pandemic craziness we're all experiencing, and some history surrounding the, days, uh, the early days of One Point Loss. So again, thank you for tuning in to Episode 8 of the I Gotta Ask podcast, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Rob Hughes and Matt Elder.
1: Everybody got some booze. We got some JD in a JD shot glass, of course.
0: I have. Is, well, I have a JD glass, but it's not JD. It's, oh yeah, uh, it's you rum. Do. It's actually uh what's that rum? Sailor Jerry. Appleton. No, Sailor oh, Jerry. Sailor, Sailor, Sailor Jerry. Jerry's so good. All right,
2: cheers, boys. Cheers, gentlemen. All right,
0: cheers. Oh, what a good way to start a this podcast. Might be called
2: that. Might be called the "I Got a Yak" podcast by the time we're
0: done this one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe for you guys. Oh, maybe for me Good. too. I haven't drank in a long time. I had this quarantine stuff's been uh, messing with me. I've been really like um, staying away from booze as much as I can, right? And uh, oh yeah. But then, like under quarantine, it's like what the hell? It's like I'm I'm so bored. Like what do I do? So like having the odd drink here and there, but not nothing crazy. Just the odd one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think my yeah. brother, he's a fan of like the beer almost every day or beers
0: every day a lot of people are fans of beer almost every day
1: or every day he told me not to say anything bad about him he he told me
0: that well we're being you're being recorded right now so you actually did already start the podcast by saying something bad about him which is
1: excellent (laughs) it's not bad it's not a bad thing
0: (laughs) thanks for being on guys i appreciate it It's, it's really good of you to help me uh record some more of these things especially via zoom which isn't always the best thing first one via zoom we're gonna there's gonna be some hurdles i'm sure
2: it's a pleasure okay. to be here and we're, we're drinking so we're having good,
1: good good fun good we are drinking for sure
0: congratulations on this new record by the way man i've been listening to it a lot lately over the last couple of weeks well how long has it been out a week and a bit right a week and a couple of days and uh, i've been listening to it a lot and like it you know a lot of comments i've heard from a lot of the other people that have heard it uh have given it a listen have said that this is some of the best writing you guys have ever done and i can't i can't agree more it's it's very polished writing wise and production wise so congratulations
2: thank you thank you very much yeah lots of good feedback on it and uh it was a lot of fun to do mm -hmm. uh under under some shitty circumstances but it gave us uh gave us a chance to make a good record so yeah yeah and
1: doing it all of our ourselves was a big thing for sure
0: yeah I was going to say, like, where did the motivation for this come from all of a sudden? Because it felt like that this was right at the start of the coronavirus, like nonsense. Like, right, I think it was right before you guys were just finishing recording right before they actually declared it a, a pandemic, right?
2: Yeah. So I think the mixing yep. and stuff happened. Well, like Nate did all of that Well, was we were under lockdown and stuff. But the recording, we kind of just got it in under the under the bell there. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, it really started in February. Uh, Nate was uh, getting some drum sounds, and he sent a drum track over to Matt, and Matt put some music on it, and that became uh, what song did that become? Matt,
1: the Scree song one.
2: Yes, which turned into uh, not just another day. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. Just yeah. another day
2: was how it started, kind of. So
1: yeah, um, for for me, it was just after my dad passed away. I was just kind of trying to get out of my, my head and I just wrote a whole bunch of songs. Yeah. Just put the drums down and everything and just sent them off to Nate and he loved them.
0: Yeah. Because when I was talking to you, Matt, like you were telling me that, you were writing some songs and, and you're like, oh, I'm I'm writing all these tunes. And then all of a sudden you were like, we're recording this album. And I'm like, whoa, where did all these songs come from? It, sound, it felt like yep. it happened in a matter of a couple of weeks almost.
1: It, it was, it was a couple It really weeks. did.
2: Yeah. It was very quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy just keeps pumping them out. It's ridiculous. Every day he's like, here's a new one. Here's yeah. a new one. Oh, I know.
0: <laughs> yep. Matt's always sending me like little chunks and bits and pieces. Like I can't write two minutes of music in a month. And Matt writes entire albums <laughs> in in a couple of
2: weeks. <laughs> It's pretty easy when you got a guy just pumping out tunes yeah. and there's stuff to do all the time. It's uh So
0: that yeah. was, that was basically the motivation for you was sort of Matt was just sort of to get some, a creative outlet to keep your mind busy.
1: Yeah, basically. I mean, we, we were supposed to be going to Cuba, which was, you know, that was a, a shock to all of us when we weren't able to. And if we weren't going to be doing that, we were going to be making an album. And that was just, you know, we, we had to do
2: something right. Yeah. Before, before it even got canceled and it was looking like it was going to get canceled. All three of us agreed. Like I had the time off work. Uh, we were all that's, we were off for 10 days. We were going to Cuba for 10 days. Yeah. So we all agreed to, If if this gets canceled, we're just going to, we might as well do it. We have songs we can, we have the time, like let's just uh, get in there and hammer it out. And so obviously it did get canceled. And it sucked because we had a lot of people coming with us. We had a lot of friends going down. And uh, we actually had a gig set up in Veraduro. We were going to play on a Saturday night in one of the bars. It was just, you know, it was going to be awesome. But then, uh, like I said, you know, it's uh, a record came out of it. So. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. We we made Lemonade out of the lemons that are the <laughs> coronavirus. <bars.
0: laughs> Life gave you a dilemma and no. you made the Lemonade. Have you heard? <laughs> yes. There's a band that has a song called that. That's where I got that little phrase from I, I think they're called debt cemetery and they have a, a an, i don't know if it's an album or a song called when life gives you dilemma you make the lemonade which is nice yeah, yeah. it's Not good a metal band or what's that
1: a metal band
0: no they're a punk band out of toronto i believe
1: cemetery that's a yeah. great they're really game.
0: good i saw them play with frank dukes so they were they were good and they were cool to see the singers nice. got a very distinct voice raspy i like it cool what uh well okay so so, pandemic's breaking, and not keep not to keep bringing this back to the pandemic, but right at the start of that nonsense, you, you guys write these tunes, and then immediately record them, because you know you're under pressure, because we're potentially going into lockdown. So, how did you guys decide... I mean, obviously, Nate, uh, Nate Bulla, who's in the drummer in Shredpenner, uh, m- amongst the many other projects, um, but being your drummer, he volunteered to record you at his place, or did you guys... Have you guys worked this out before with him, ahead of time, or...
1: Oh, yeah. we knew that we were going to record at his place because he had all the drums set up. He's got the the studio for it. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, he's, I mean, he's, yeah, a he's a producer of sorts, right? Ones. He
0: has recorded other bands, like his other band, Auras. I think he did some work for, right? Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's done lots of, you know, studio stuff.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's got his drums set up there, and they're good to go. Like he's got that that drum sound that he gets is. uh you know, he's got that dialed in there with his little uh, drum set up in his studio. So, right? yeah, we always knew we were gonna record it there for sure.
0: Did he record using that electronic kit?
2: No, no, it's no, all no. real.
0: He used yeah, he used oh that's right. He's got that real yeah. setup in that room where we practice yeah. yep. practice a in little bit. In the back there. room.
1: Yeah. Right. That was the thing. We we were trying to not use any, you know, too much fake stuff. Yeah. Other right. than of course, you know, like people. and stuff because we don't have a keyboard player, but...
0: Obviously, yeah.
1: What yeah, did you But yeah, for- drums, they they just have a sound that you can't really emulate with uh, yeah. virtual instruments.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I didn't think so. I just thought I'd ask, because I know nowadays, like, even with programming drums, <clears throat> excuse me, how good that those programmed drums can sound. So I wasn't sure if he maybe used an electronic kit and got stuff, but then, of course, it makes sense. He's got that room where he's got his kit all mic'd up. I forgot completely about that down there. And then what did you guys do for, for guitars and bass also like live, live instruments or did you direct into like,
1: uh, uh, yeah. For the, the amps, it was all live. It was actually in the drum room is where the cab was. Oh, I see. Uh, we only had one cab, so we didn't have a bunch of choices, but, uh, uh, but we had a bunch of different heads and we ended up using, I think all of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We, uh, yeah. Sean lent us some stuff, some amps and, uh, Yeah, we had a lot of gear. We had a lot of good stuff to uh, to use on this. It was really a lot. It's a big team effort. Like mm-hmm. Sean lending us some gear, and then Matt has some gear, and Nate has some gear, and it was just like combining all of our stuff to get the best possible sound.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, what about the uh, the lyrics of this album? Like, that's another thing I've heard is that um, I know John Elder, Matt, your brother, uh, especially has has said like this. Your lyric writing has on this compared to like the stuff that was done for one point loss years ago, um, has seems to have made a huge jump. Like, are you, is this something you really like worked on or do they just come to you? The lyrics for this album or did you guys work on them together? Like, how did this, how did you guys write for that?
1: Lyric It was something that was more important to us these days than I guess it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Rob wrote most of the lyrics I wrote, a song and Nate wrote a song and mm-hmm. Rob did the rest. And it was about real things. It wasn't just a bunch of, you know, mm-hmm. what's it going to be type stuff.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, and like... I think, <laughs> I think Matt and I, Matt and I were involved in a, a songwriting project, I guess a few years back where we had to write a very serious song about a very, about a very serious subject. And it was a pretty heavy thing that we had to do. And we really we wrote some really good lyrics, and it just kind of meant more. Like, obviously, it means more when they actually mean something when like they're about real things. Like, at one point, Lost and Curious, Ryan, I was literally just rhyming phrases. Like, we were recording lyrics in the studio. Like, it's a far, far different process now for sure. And and it's it's when you have something to actually write about when it's actually about a real thing, mm-hmm. um, it you know what to say next right like you know if you're telling the story you know where it has to go and mm-hmm. and stuff so it does it makes it much easier although you it's a little more revealing because it's all about real stuff but yeah yeah um it, it makes good music so that's that's our approach now
0: yeah because like even the old one point loss stuff like it I know those lyrics meant something because they were just cryptic. They were more cryptic, right? They were sort of almost like, I don't want to say metaphors, but they were a little bit veiled, right? You couldn't, you didn't really know exactly where they were coming from. You understood what what you're trying to say through those lyrics, but you didn't really know where it was coming from. This one, I felt more like it was easier to understand where the, you know, the, uh, the direction was coming from for those lyrics, especially on songs like "Wait," obviously like "Wait" is clearly about, the pandemic going on right now. Yeah. If I'm wrong. Yeah. 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 No, you're no, right. You're right. You're right, yeah. you're right. I, mean. I was
2: walking, I was walking down, uh, to Nate's one day to, uh, do some vocals. And I don't think we were, I don't think it was like lockdown or anything yet, but it was when those text messages started to get sent out saying like, if you have been out of the country, you must self isolate. And there was like a, uh, so I was, I was walking down to Nate's, which is only six minutes away from where I live and it was weird there was nobody on the street at all and i got up to one intersection and then there was a guy standing across the street and his phone was like playing one of those automated messages like if you have left the country in the last and it would gave me this weird like weird feeling that nobody was on the streets and that this like robotic voice was like telling people not to be out if they were sick or if they were had left the country it just gave me a weird like vibe, and I uh, I thought that would make a good song. So
0: Yeah, it did, it definitely I did. So that started off. That's well, a great you. tune, by the way. My favorite one is thank you. is Sunglasses on that album. And Sunglasses is an older song, right? That's the one... I was I was talking to one of you recently, like within the last month, I'm going to say, about, about this song. And I was trying to describe what it was, and I didn't know the... the and I'm like, you know, the one that uh i think i was talking to matt i'm like the one that rob recorded the lyrics for at three in the morning and and i think i think it was you matt that i was talking to and you're like i, I don't know what song that is i don't know what you're talking about and i'm like oh that's not going on the album i can't believe it's not going on the album and then i listened and there <laughs> it was it actually was there so and that's a great tune that's an older one though right that's been around
2: that song's what a couple yeah, years yeah, old that, at least oh that was probably like five at least at least five years old
0: is that how long yeah. you recorded those lyrics down in in nate's basement
2: yeah, we had to change some of the lyrics because I was a little intoxicated <laughs> when uh, some of that process was happening.
0: But I thought and that was the I magic was, behind was, that track, though. Behind that, book. well,
2: it, no, it, it was. It was at the time. It did get us to where we needed to be with it. But right, um, I was, I was sitting, I was at work one day, and this Brian Adams Mel C song came on, and I was like, oh, there's part of our lyrics for that song. So
3: mm-hmm. we we changed, we hmm. changed,
2: the, we made a couple little adjustments to make it uh not as brian adamsy but we wanted to keep the song because it it's yeah i mean i think it's a good song oh it's it's a great good melody and it's
0: uh ever since you played me that song or i think you sent it to me like um i don't know way back when you sent it to me and and you were you said hey check this out and right away i was like you guys should be submitting that somewhere to some kind of radio contest because that sounded like something that could have been on the radio right then and uh, clearly it wasn't finished or polished enough because you guys did some work on it before putting it on the record but i that yeah. song is it's just got such a great flow to me and the melodies are good and obviously it's recorded amazingly everything everything on the album is but um but yeah did did nate produce i wouldn't to ask you guys that too i know he recorded everything but did he produce anything did he help with any arrangements or was that more just you matt or how did that work
1: well i mean he you know he engineered the whole thing mm. uh production we he did most of it but i mean i was definitely a part of it as well mm-hmm. uh, you know like vocal leveling and tuning and all that stuff um but for the most part yeah like he the levels and everything that's all him like part's too loud or too mm-hmm. quiet that's on him yeah he put in
2: he put in a ton of work on it he did a great job
1: yeah um, yeah it was killer
2: and uh yeah we couldn't be happier
1: mhm it was, it was actually awesome because we were able, like he could just send me the vocals, all that stuff. So I would just, you know, send it back to him, EQ it the way I want it, and then he would just do whatever further. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like for the most part, it was, you know, him doing all of, all of that stuff. But uh, right. this is my first time doing some behind the scenes production stuff rather than just playing Mm
0: -hmm. and speaking of uh sending him stuff and and strings and whatnot i heard that nate's dad played some organ
2: or keys on this on this record he did uh yeah he played some organ some piano nice like keyboard stuff but yeah i think three or four songs i think he was on
0: that's so cool that you can lump in someone's parent on it on recording it's
2: kind of it's kind of the vibe of the record right yeah. like it was uh you know like i said like sean lent us some gear and then matt had some gear we and then we we wanted to get some some keys and stuff on there and nate nate's father's unbelievable so
3: mm-hmm.
2: um yeah it was awesome to have him be a part of it for sure
3: nice
1: yeah nate sent me a picture of his dad recording with his shred penner shirt on <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> did where did he record it at nate's
1: uh, it, at, no it's uh at paul's place oh nice yeah
0: and does so, he have I, I, did he use like a like a like a lot like an like acoustic piano for some of the stuff no or no and then
1: nate brought his studio right. over
0: yeah. yeah i guess nowadays like why would you right when i mean that's probably a sound that's been dialed in a million times you know electric piano of some kind yeah it sounds exactly. so good anyway
3: yeah.
0: Hmm. And then what about playing these songs live? Do you guys play any of this stuff live? Have you or have <laughs> you in the past? I know like
2: So we were talking about this today, and it's it's uh this is a totally different process because we were really just writing these songs kind of in the studio. Like Matt would send the song, uh, we'd get some lyrics and we'd we'd come up with melodies, we'd change the arrangement around a little bit and then we would record it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So
2: we've never actually played Well, I think we actually did play sunglasses one time at the Kiwi. Yeah,
1: Yeah, we've done that. We we we,
2: like like years ago, like one of the first times we played the Kiwi.
1: Hmm.
2: We did play sunglasses live. Uh, Running away, we've done acoustically. Like we wrote that. That's probably the old. That is definitely the oldest song on the uh, on the record. That one's been around for a while too. Hmm. Um, uh, but the other six are pretty much since February. So
0: Hmm. nice. Yeah. How do you guys feel? How do you guys feel go. about everything that's going on with like this this pandemic thing? Like, uh, Rob, I know you're out and about because you're working every day, like I am. And um, how? Like, I've just been blown away by how stupid some people are acting, and how normal and <laughs> un, unfazed others are acting.
2: You know? Yeah, yeah. I see it every day. There's extremes both ways. You know, there's people that I think take things way too far, and then there's people that act like nothing's going on and they like will come up like making a delivery and they come up to get right in my face and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, like we, yeah, we have some rules. It's, it's, you know, you knew it was going to be that way though, right? You knew there was going to be people that were going to take it too far and then people that weren't going to take it seriously enough. Uh, But I mean, I think for the most part, I think, uh, I mean, our our friends in the States, I think are handling it a little worse than we are not...
0: (laughs) Or not handling it at all.
2: I've I've been pretty happy with Canada's uh, response to it, yeah. and uh, all yeah. levels of government working together, like uh, to to get things done. Uh, you know, whether you whether you're which whichever way you lean politically, I think it's mm-hmm. been nice to at least see that. Yeah, um, it's not that way in the states. So,
0: yeah, and that's yeah. You're right. It's it shouldn't be a political anything. This shouldn't be politicized at all, right? And it is in the States. You right. see that, right? You see them turning it on yeah. on Trump like it's all his fault. And it's clearly not. I mean, he is the head figure and he does make a lot of decisions. And I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not saying I am. I'm just saying I think a lot of people are using this as a tool to try and expose how shitty of a president he really is. And I mean, that's let's let's face it, he is a shitty president. But at the same time, he's got a lot of people advising him too, right? He's, he's not the only one making the decisions. And I, I think, you know, just... Even the World Health Organization, I think, has shit the bed a couple of times, you know, over this this whole pandemic with some of the information that they've shared or or the misinformation that they've shared or whatever, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, things are just happening too fast, and news and information just keeps changing. You know, it's hard to keep up on everything, yeah. and
2: that's the it's problem. new to everyone too. Yeah, but it's that's new the to problem, everyone, right? It's we've like... never even like the Spanish flu happened in 1918. Well not many of those people are left and this yep. is entirely new. It's an entirely new way of life. And, you know, I know there's good and bad, but I think all things considered, we're doing a pretty good job of, uh, yeah, of handling it. I think, you know, and it sucks. It is what it is, but you know, we'll mm-hmm. get through
0: it. Yeah, we are. We're, I think Canada's handling it very well. And I, I mean, you can see it in our yep. numbers. We don't have, we don't have the, the populations that the States do, um, or the, that the States does, but, uh, you know, at least we're doing what we can. Right.
2: Absolutely.
0: What about yeah. you, Matt? What's what's life been like for you in quarantine? I know you're you're a guitar teacher, but I how have you been handling this work wise? Like, are you able to do any work from home?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's a it was a weird thing to get used to, but I mean, you know, you just keep moving ahead. Yeah. You know, luckily, our government with the CERB fund, um, that's mm-hmm. a huge one for me because mm-hmm. you know, like taking guitar lessons, not everyone wants to be doing that online. Right. they yeah. want to be in a room with someone and, you know, who knows when we will be able to be in a room with someone. Right. You know, especially like how small the rooms are at my, at my job.
0: Oh yeah. Have they given you any sense at all of,
1: no, they they've basically just said we are an online service now. Wow. So you know, I just sign in, say this person's taking a lesson you know, mm-hmm. just just kind of moving forward that way. So I, I, the good thing is, like, not everything is needing to shut down because a lot of people worked at home mm-hmm. or from home before yeah. anyway. So, I think you know, it's, it's
0: exposing that. that for a lot of places. I think we're seeing now how many people can actually work, do their job from home, not come into an office at all, not have to burn up resources for that company. Uh, and maybe this is a change you know for the future for a lot of companies maybe that you're going to see a lot of people working from home that normally wouldn't but now will because the companies are really probably going to realize that they don't need these giant office spaces right you don't have Absolutely. to have these big buildings
1: yeah yeah there's no i mean, you know i grab my coffee and i come to my desk mm-hmm. and work
0: yeah isn't that isn't that awesome <laughs> so, <laughs> like
1: it is awesome it is awesome yeah i mean the whole situation is awful but yeah know, that part is awesome yeah and that's the thing, you know, companies have had to like change their policies on a dime. Yeah. Now we are an online lesson center. So, weird. you know, it's, just, yeah, things are just so messed and you can't really get mad at someone for whatever, because things no. are changing so fast, you know? Right.
0: Yeah. You can't get mad at anyone for anything. The, the, the whole thing is everyone's stumbling through this. It's everyone's first rodeo, right? Like nobody really knows what to do, what the right thing to do is.
2: Yeah, that's you know, but again, it, I think you can get mad at someone if they come up and start breathing heavy that, all over you. And,
0: that you can get mad yeah. at, and that <laughs> yeah. I have been yeah. furious about. And, yeah. You know, the thing that drives me nuts is like there, the, there's places I know in, in like certain grocery stores now in, in Toronto way, like toward your way, Matt, where they're actually making people wear masks now when they come in, and if they don't have one, they're giving it. Oh, you yeah, food, right, yeah, yeah. Because the whole idea yeah. of the masks is my I put it on so that my shit doesn't make you sick, and you wear one so your shit doesn't make me sick if we're, if either one of us is sick, right?
1: Yeah, why? for sure.
0: But why do they not tell us this it's that much sooner? Why do they discourage wearing any kind of a mask including like a a homemade one which doesn't affect the the healthcare workers at all if you're wearing a homemade one. But they told yeah, us yeah. not to wear one and then all of a sudden it's like, "Bah, we fucked up. Go ahead yeah, and wear a exactly. mask."
2: Right? Yeah, Again, it's just people learning, I think. I, you know, I that think one, I think a mask one, a mask is uh a mask is kind of, it's a jarring thing when you go out into a public place. Yeah, it is. And you see someone wearing that, right? Yeah, it is. And I think maybe the government was just thinking, like, let's avoid. It it does create a little bit of a panic, I think, when you see people wearing masks all the time. And the, maybe, well, just, the maybe thing is that's why with... they were leaning against it. I don't yeah. know, but like, it's it is people just figuring this out for the first right. time, right? Like, if I... it happens again, you know, we'll 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 know and yeah. we'll be more prepared, and and things will be a little smoother. But I think it's just about removing <laughs> that
0: stigma, right? Like, like Absolutely, if they if yeah. they had said right from the start, hey, listen. I know it's going to be weird, but if you go out in public, if you're anywhere where you can't maintain a good social distancing, just wear a homemade mask. You know what I mean? We don't know if it yeah. will protect you, but we know that it will protect others around you. So be courteous and wear a mask when you're at the grocery store, when you're on the train, when you're on the bus, whatever, right? But yeah. they didn't well, do that. I mean, and...
1: you know, certain professions, you need to wear that mask. They should need to know why you're wearing a mask, right. not just, oh, this is a big surprise to everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why is this a surprise? Like, they said, oh, it doesn't matter if you wear a mask or not, because if you have the virus, you should be wearing it. Yeah. Not everyone should be wearing it. Right. But I mean, they should know that because, you know, nurses, mm-hmm. doctors that are already wearing the masks, yep. Why are they wearing them?
0: Well, and I think that, yeah, I think you're right. They, they knew that. And that's the thing. I, I think the only reason they told us to avoid wearing masks was because. People at the time were already panic buying masks that they didn't really need, like those surgical masks, for example, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we needed those for the healthcare workers. And instead of saying, hey, do the right thing, be a responsible citizen, don't buy up the masks that the medical professionals need. And if you have some, donate them, which I know people that did that when there was a shortage, people that had N95s and stuff were donating them to hospitals.
1: Yeah, yeah, but, and that's awesome. But don't
0: bullshit us and tell us that there's no reason to wear a mask. There totally was a reason to wear a mask you know like like our our head of our what's her name there Teresa something tam i can't remember her name now off the top of my teresa name. tam yeah she was saying okay. well there's no reason to wear a mask and it's like there is there is a reason it's like come on
2: yeah well
0: i don't know the whole thing's just weird everyone, we're in a we're in a weird time that's all
2: i hope it's almost over that's all i got to say because I'm i looked
1: to the, the beers well, over i was just going to them over because you know yeah. they have glass up that little window that you can them through right it, it, yeah
0: that's what then, i was going to ask you guys like this doesn't to me it doesn't look like we're going to like it i've been telling people since february that 2020 is a write-off forget about 2020 because it's not going to get better before the end of the year before yeah. they can find a vaccine Yeah. but yeah. now that the numbers are somewhat getting better do you guys think at all do either of you have any sense that we might be seeing anything back to normal live music even Small venue live music. Do you think anything like that's going to happen?
1: Not soon, especially if schools aren't going to be open for the, you know, they're going to be closed for the rest of the year.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: um, It depends, right? Like, I mean, I could see it, I could see it being fall, maybe, but then who knows? There's talk about a second wave. Yeah. And then who knows? We really don't know. I know that me and I'm sure Matt would agree when you have to deal with, you know, the shit you have to deal with during the week with work stuff Mm -hmm. it's really nice to have you know to know that we're rolling into uh spices in brantford on a friday night and just play music and have a good time it's uh you know it and it you really miss that yeah and uh i hope it's back as soon as it can possibly be back as soon as it's safe and people are ready to uh to get back out there, but I don't know. We the, you really, we, it's just speculation. Right? We really don't know.
1: Mm-hmm, gonna mm-hmm.
2: I hope it's, yeah, soon I, I
1: don't think, you know, playing live. I don't think that's going to be a thing that people are going to be, they're going to be anxious to see it, but at the same time, people are still going to be cautious.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to change the world. You know, it's going to be different after this. And I just hope it's not that much different. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's, yeah.
0: It is a weird. It's definitely like a, a whole sit weird situation for anyone that's not just somebody that's affected, like like you, Matt, that can't go to work or whatever. But just for everybody in general, like I think I've seen people. Like, people are scared of each other now. You know, it's, it's yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. You don't want to go near anybody, even your even your friends, even like your family. Like my my nephews kept running toward me today, and it, like I went for a little visit there. I was telling Rob, uh, just off mic there, and um, they're coming toward me, and I have to keep reminding them, hey don't come any closer. Right. Because I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm going to work every day and I don't know what I could be yeah. bringing to you. And I don't want to get yeah. you sick and they don't <laughs> quite understand it. They're, it's just a strange thing to have to be afraid of your own relatives even, you know? Yeah. yeah it
1: sucks. You know I, I just have to say one thing. I am. I'm just grateful that for my dad, we were able to have a funeral because yeah. I know a lot of people now just are not able to. Yeah. That's a, that's a really sad thing, you know?
0: Yeah, that was incredible,
1: man. Like the
0: fact that people, that's the scariest thing about this disease too, is that I I know the numbers, because if you don't know you're infected, which a lot of people that have it don't, apparently a lot of people are asymptomatic. And so they're walking around and they're giving it to, they're potentially giving it to other people who are vulnerable. And those people now have to have to die alone. No one's allowed in those rooms when those people pass away. And then you can't, you can't have a proper funeral for them either because you can't have any gatherings of X amount of people. Exactly. It's,
2: exactly yeah.
0: It's a nutty thing. You know, it's such, it's such a That's weird the worst part. disease.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That is literally the worst part about all of this. Like it's one thing to lose out on a vacation. It's one thing to whatever, but there are people that are in hospitals right now. They can't see their families. And, uh, that is by far the worst, yeah. the worst part of this. So, I mean, whatever it, it's, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's awful.
4: Yeah.
0: And the Hopefully. funerals too. Like
2: it's, uh, yeah, I don't know.
0: I know. And nobody knows what to say about it. It's such a weird thing. I just hope we can, you know, I hope they find a vaccine that actually works. You know, something that they're, they're saying now that they're not sure whether these vaccines are actually going to prevent you from getting it again or whether it's going to be, they're going to be safe or whatever. And, but if they, if they do find one and we can get back to seeing some live music soon, I'd be pretty happy because I had a, this was like yeah. probably the biggest year for me for concerts. I was going to see a lot of bands that I hadn't had a chance to see in the past and yeah. coming around. Oh. And all of a sudden I can't see any of them. They've all yeah. been canceled. Every, every show I had tickets for is gone. Right. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Well,
1: I think, I think you were kind of, you didn't know a concert was going to be canceled. Like you were kind of in limbo, right?
0: Yeah. Blackberry smoke Blackberry was supposed to come there yeah. on, uh, on the 14th, the 15th of february and um that was right right at the start and i knew it wasn't going to go on but i was they were going to play still i mean they were they were going to play and it was it was starting to peak in the region the numbers were going up you know
2: i think it was that same night or or close to that night we played a cover gig at a bar in toronto called radio Mm -hmm. yeah and the thing about radio is every time we play there it is packed Mm -hmm. like literally you can't move in there it's always a super fun gig and i think it was it was that there hadn't been any lockdowns issued for bars yet and we didn't know what we were going to we didn't know if we should play we didn't know what we should do and then we figured well at least at that place we're up on a stage there's separation from the crowd we could stay in the back yeah. room so we we played and i don't know there was like maybe 30 people there and the gig got cut short and yeah. that was our last gig that was our last gig we had before That's Adelaide before Hall. All of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And 30 people in places
1: in there were yeah. 30 people. And then we were also still wondering whether we were actually going to Cuba or not. Right. That, yeah. At that time.
0: Yeah. I had a feeling you guys weren't yeah. going. When they started canceling concerts, I'm like, there's no way they're going to let people out of this country and then back in. Yes. Yeah. Know?
2: I think we all had that feeling, but it was just, there was so it, much. It, 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 like really That real. trip was it's so much real. more than just a trip. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. all the things that were going to happen on that trip, uh, it you know, and it had just kind of worked out perfectly that all of us could get the time off and go at the right time. And, it, yeah, it uh, too, too good of a crew
1: mm-hmm. for that
2: to happen. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. The nice thing is, after all, after all this is over, you're still going to do that trip, and it's going to be, it's probably going to be way better than it would have been originally because it's going to feel well if you we have
2: to. If we have to get in rubber dinghies and paddle down to Cuba, <laughs> we're we're going to be going.
0: It's going to feel so much better when you're there, though, because after being in lockdown, not being able to do anything, and then you're going to be able to travel again once we're able to travel again and, and go down somewhere south, and that trip's going to feel amazing. I mean, being away yeah, down that's south is already so, amazing for the most part.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, this yeah, full full corona yeah. podcast here. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're, we're going deep <laughs> deep into the murky waters.
2: <laughs> I mean, tis the season. <laughs>
0: when john was on here rob i know the whole reason this is before we started talking about you coming on way before the shred record um was going to be out uh and then finally i got set up to record here on zoom via zoom and the original reason you wanted to come on was to clear up some stuff about one point loss (laughs) that john and ryan uh for lack of a better term they they fucked it up pretty good and didn't remember
2: you you fucked some stuff up too
0: i did well yeah i wasn't even there how could i how could i
2: have screwed anything up i wasn't there back in the day just talking about it you guys were way (laughs) off on some of the stuff well
0: fix it um, talk about it all
2: right i loved it i loved everything (laughs) it was was so messy um, it was such a messy
0: podcast (laughs) it started tight it was the first one back in a long time and then you
2: know where i am (laughs) I love John to death, but he's probably not the person to be asked <laughs> the, the history of that band. And you know? especially as he like, drinks uh, more
0: and more beers. He's started <laughs> yeah. to trail off more and more. His memory just got uh, worse and worse. I can tell
2: <sighs> the amount of beers that was crazy. All right. Let me try to let me try to let me try to pack this in tight. Okay. Okay. I so Curious point. Ryan started because one day Matt and Sean and I were bored. And we weren't starting a band. We were just bored. And my uncle Glenn, Glenn Hughes uh, had a jam hall, Castle Grayskull. Yep. <laughs> uh, I remember that. And I remember we were bored and I said, Hey, maybe my uncle would let us go to his jam hall. Called my uncle. He's like, yep, you guys can go. So the three of us went, obviously Matt's playing guitar. Obviously Sean's on the drums. I'm singing. I guess I'm playing bass too, because someone's got to play bass. So I'll, I think we were playing like, what's the dealio, a couple of blank songs. And I think we wrote eighties hair, like the first day. And, uh, it was a lot of fun, and we just that's thats how that band started. So, the original bass player of Curious Shine was Rob Hughes, okay, not Kevin Schoenfeld. All right, all Kevin right. Schoenfeld was I never knew, in I knew that wasn't right when he yeah, said Kevin that. Kevin Schoenfeld like, was never in it. I think we did talk about getting him into the band,
3: but mm.
2: then, uh, yeah, anyway, it's, it progressed a little bit, and that was going on while Matt and Sean were in Broken Star, they were still in that band. And I remember one time uh, I went to a Broken Star practice, and they had finished practicing, it was at the embassy in London. And, uh, I remember after the practice was done, somebody said, Oh, let's show you guys our band. And like, so then I hopped on the bass, and then we played some stuff for them. And yeah. And then that band ended and, and then things got more serious. We added John and Brett and then, uh, yeah. And then the rest was history. Hmm. I guess. So,
0: so broken star sort of overlapped with curious Ryan then
2: yeah curious Ryan wasn't a serious thing while broken star was a thing
4: yeah
0: it
2: was just like we literally would go if we had nothing to do we'd go to that jam hall and we'd just jam and play covers and yeah like I think we literally had three songs didn't we Matt like I think we played like what's the dealio the rock show and 80s hair for like mm-hmm. ever but you had... know I don't
1: even know if I ever learned how to play that song
2: oh we definitely did we definitely uh, don't know that. A, or I don't know. But you have early oh, man, recordings we'll record. of those
1: songs. You have early recordings oh, man, of we'll 80s record. hair. Oh, uh,
2: maybe that was it. Yeah, my uncle recorded the first version of 80s hair. Okay. At that jam hall. And I think he does have the cassette somewhere. And eighties metal, the other
0: song that's called 80s metal that we also refer to as beer at times when we play it live.
2: Oh that, yeah. That
0: yeah. that's also part of that recording package that you guys did, right? For of, of those songs. And Mary Ellen was on there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and how that record came about, too, like we were, uh, I think we all didn't get, uh, I don't know, it was like near Christmas time.
3: Hmm.
2: And so we went into the studio, we played a gig at the Scout Hut the week before
3: mm-hmm.
2: we recorded, and there was nobody there to see us. Nobody knew who we were. That was our first ever gig. Yep. And then we the next weekend we were in the studio, we recorded the CD. Um, John was still in high school. And John ended up like burning a bunch of CDs. Matt and John both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And John just took them to the high school and handed them out to people. So I we played play there
1: the, play the week after every single one of them.
2: <laughs> Are
0: you talking about the three-song yeah. demo yeah.
2: album? No, no, no. no. This not is the, that. Cur- no, the, the, the curious, curious Ryan stuff. stuff. Okay. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
4: All right.
2: Yeah. So uh, we had a show at the Scout Hut the week after we recorded. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about the lyrics before, this is literally like, we we showed up at the gig. And it was packed and we were like, awesome. This is going to be a wicked show. Um, and we were thinking like, I wonder if any of these people are here to see us because we did hand out hundreds of copies of our CD yeah, for free. Right. And, it. uh, yeah. So right before we played, uh, there was, it just emptied the whole room emptied. And then I remember Sean was like, go out and say we're playing. Maybe there's a couple of people out there. So, uh, I, I said, hey, Curious Ryan's about to play if anybody's interested, blah, blah, blah. And then we came in and the place filled up. And I remember going to sing the first line of the song and like there was people in the front row singing the song.
4: Weird. What's, and I was like, what song when we was? were talking
2: about the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was Back Again. Right. I think it was Back Again. And that's one where I just kind of wrote the lyrics on the fly in the studio. And I barely knew these lyrics. And the fact that I was like, uh, what's the next line? Kind of like, I knew them, but I didn't really know them. And all these kids were down there uh, singing it. It was uh, awesome. One of my favorite shows of my entire life. You yeah,
0: that. that's gotta be a cool feeling. You're not expecting that it at that, all.
2: Even when we played there, like a year ago or however long ago that was, it's, it's always a special, uh, special place for me. That, that was two hut.
0: years ago now. Wow. Yeah, because we played there, and then and then later on we played at the Kiwi, and that yes, wasn't that wasn't this past Kiwi. winter. Yeah, that was last winter. So. <laughs> I'm sure it was like two years ago now. It's just crazy. Or not quite two years, maybe like a year and a half or something, but still it's not yeah. it's more than a year. Yeah. So then you play that show and you're playing a bunch of shows as Curious Ryan for how long?
2: I the, the time frames I'm gonna I'm gonna lose, but mm-hmm. uh we Good. played for a while. We played I remember we played the art center in Cambridge, we played some gigs at the Trash interior in Guelph, and uh we were playing around here quite a bit. Right. And then, uh, Sean quit the band as Sean does. Okay. Uh, and he moved to Alberta and this is another funny story. He moved I to remember, Alberta? Sean did? Yeah. He moved. Yeah. He moved to the mountains. I don't remember uh, that at all. <laughs> it was a very brief. That's when I popped in. It was a very brief thing, but yes. Then Matt, Matt became the drummer of Curious Ryan and, uh, <laughs> I didn't know We that added, Yeah. You didn't yeah, know that? Matt, no. Matt was the drummer. We have videos no. of Matt playing the drums. Wow. He's, a, he's a great drummer, too. He does a great job. Wow. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I, we Absolutely. Rock the Mill with yeah, Rock the Mill. Oh. Matt is the drummer. I th-
0: that I think I remember for some reason. I remember you guys played Rock yeah. the Mill and Matt drum, but I didn't know that was Curious Ryan.
1: I when, just really yeah. liked drumming, and I was just like, uh, I know I can play guitar. I know I probably wrote the song, but I'd rather drum, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so then <laughs> we were doing that, we were having fun, and then I remember this is a this is a true story. So where Matt used to live on Oak Hill Drives, um, best best parties of all time, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we were we were in his computer room, and I remember we looked out the window to the park, and a hot air balloon had like kind of crash landed in the maybe not even crash landed, but it looked like it was sketchy, and it had come down in the park there. I remember sh- sh- Do you you wanna add? Do you wanna jump in there?
1: No, no, I just said it (laughs) landed in the park.
2: Okay, it landed in the park. Maybe we sold it to Sean. (laughs) But Sean had called us for some reason right at that moment. We were talking to him from Alberta. And we're like, Sean, it's you're missing all this stuff here. Like a hot air balloon just landed right across the street from Matt's house. Like Mm -hmm. things are it's crazy. Like we're watching it right now. He's like, that's it. I'm coming home right now. And so he ended up like (laughs) leaving Alberta because of this hot air balloon story that was and the that catalyst uh, that
0: brought him back to cambridge a, a, a hot air balloon yeah. landed in the field a i'm point. coming home
1: yeah absolutely he may have been able to find one
2: to bring him home but that's what it was yeah <laughs> yeah. Sure.
4: And so then,
0: yeah and so yeah
2: then that turned into one point loss basically
4: okay.
1: after sean came back okay but uh, uh, what I
2: point was Bill the drummer then it was one point loss
1: because <laughs> that was a, once sean steps in it's a it's a bigger deal than when I'm on the drums, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, Sean is yeah, definitely he, a a drummer by trade for yeah. sure, right? I mean, he's, oh, he's yeah, thats yeah. his instrument. I know, he, I know, he mucks around on guitar. He's a, he's a pretty decent guitar player mucks these days the too.
2: Guitar. He's a very good. He, the he guy is, he does <laughs> plays everything very well.
0: Yeah, for a guy, he's a good who, musician. He's yeah.
2: a he's he's a Great. recording guy, right? So mm-hmm. like he, he he's not going to not he. He wants things to be played solidly, and yeah, he he does that on all the instruments. He...
1: He's got more amps than yes. a, all of us combined. Oh, I know he's
0: insane. <laughs> <It's> His collection <laughs> is is soaring. It's insane. He's got so many good amps.
1: Sean, he told me one time, he's just like, "Listen, if you want to be recording quality good, you need to be like Tom from MXPX." That's what, <laughs>
3: that's Meaning what? what he told me.
1: Just the way that he like palm mutes, like just his timing. Basically, <laughs> okay. it, it's all about timing. So like, once I mastered Tom from MXPX, <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's insane. Uh,
1: then all, he
0: was
4: happy. Of
0: all know, the people so. to to refer to in the history of music for of recording, I service. will say
2: I saw him at, that, MXPX at a Warp tour, and they were a solid three-piece band like, oh
0: they are of course they are they're monsters one the, they're one monsters. of the biggest punk bands pop punk bands ever and it's for it's for good reason they write catchy songs and they're good at their instruments and you know they're good musicians overall so yep. of course they're yeah. going to be popular and yeah
2: sean was more obsessed with yuri of course but
0: yeah
1: yeah
2: i think yuri signed his cell phone at work to <laughs> yeah oh,
0: wow. must yeah. have been a flip phone at that time or a bar. It, it, 100% was. I or one of those old Nokia, Nokia.
2: Yeah. Yeah. With the one where you play Snake on it. <laughs> <laughs> remember the, remember like those phones that like a years? week when you charged it? Like it was oh, yeah. like they died in yeah. 10 minutes?
0: Well, they weren't sending data every every 30, 30 seconds, every two seconds
2: back and forth from yeah. the fucking cloud. Are you
1: talking about when we played Warp Tour? or
2: No, I don't think it was the year we played Warp Tour. I think that was another year.
1: Oh, uh, okay, okay. When did, Matt,
0: when did um, Broken Star come in, though? Because I know you just, Rob just mentioned that you were practicing with Broken Star while you guys were doing Curious Ryan stuff, but how did that all come about? How did you even meet those guys? Because I know it was Chad and Trev, right, at the time, um, out yeah. of London. Yeah. You guys were out of London, right? So how did you come, How did you meet them?
1: Uh, it was something through Kyle. He was, like, he's always been, like, the business kind of internet guy. I don't know. Kyle don't know.
0: Metcalf you're talking about?
1: Yeah. yeah. Kyle Metcalf. Okay. Uh, yeah. So he met this band. They were called Shovel Face at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, Chad and Trev. And basically they came down to Kyle's parents' place and we, uh, we jammed one time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it just kind of happened. We just ended up being a band. So we started going to London to practice hmm. and they would come here and it was just kind of a weird way that it all came about. But um, yeah, I guess, I don't know. And it then just,
0: so you got jammed with those guys writing songs together or how did that work? Or were you the primary songwriter in that? Or how did that work?
1: Uh, it, <laughs> it kind of, it worked like these guys had some songs in mind
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that were, Really good. Like Trav was a really good songwriter, uh, and then I kind of poke in after a little while, and then just start writing some stuff
0: mm-hmm. myself. Gotcha.
1: And then, uh, so yeah, but I mean, it, he's a an awesome songwriter. He yeah. had some really good stuff, and it was something that we we're like, yeah, we're it's worth us going to London mm-hmm. to practice every, I don't know, two times a week.
0: Yeah, I remember you guys were going down there a lot at the time. Because I was following yeah, that band we, fairly closely. I was a pretty big fan of that band. And so I was following what you guys are doing pretty closely. Now, again, at the time, the this is early days of the internet. So there was hardly anything going on except for like message yeah. boards and, and a couple little things to find out where shows were going on and whatever. Some yeah, club had websites. I C Q.
2: Yeah,
0: ICQ. <laughs> ICQ. Yeah, thing
1: I knew that they're just like, Yeah, we're we're gonna go on tour and we have to buy a van so we bought a bus <laughs> and then <laughs> did you actually
0: go on tour before you recorded anything with them before you guys recorded anything in studio or uh
1: no yeah we recorded in the studio and then we went uh to boston to record right
0: and this would have been around what year like we were <sighs> we were still in very high like i was still in high school i think you guys may have graduated already
2: yeah, yeah, it's got to be early 2000
1: 2001 the, uh, I would
0: yeah think. that's what i was thinking
1: I remember not being welcome into a couple places that we played because we weren't of age to drink in the states. Right. So we'd play and then have to leave.
0: Did your tour go into the states though? Or
1: was Oh it... yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you're not just talking about playing down there when you were recording, but when you're actually touring you went down through the states.
2: Yeah, yeah. We... Well, you guys toured and recorded at the same time, right? Yeah,
0: like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I see. I see. And then you go down to Boston to record with the guys who are in uh now they're Wilhelm Scream, right? But before what were yeah. they what was their yeah. band called before Smack that? Isaiah. Smack and Isaiah, that's right.
1: Smack and Isaiah, yeah. So you go down and to their
0: studio in Boston yeah. and that's this is around the same time still, right? Like two thousand, two thousand one. Yeah. And then you're down there recording. And did you ever did you guys ever finish that record? Because I know that you called me from down there. This is around the time that that you decided to leave that band, if I'm not mistaken, and come back to Canada and and now change Curious Ryan into one point loss, correct? Yeah,
2: Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. See? No. Curious Ryan Curious Ryan wasn't even a <laughs> thing
1: then. No, we weren't like, curi- we weren't a thing until Broken Star ended.
2: Yeah, that's when that became an actual band. Up uh, before Broken Star? Wait, wait,
0: I'm confused. Though. Was, you said Broken Star was practicing at the tr- at in London and then you went on stage yes. and played some tunes. So how
2: could how no, could no, it no. have not yeah. been a thing? Well, no, no, it wasn't a thing. It was just it, that was like when when it started it was Matt and Sean and I. Yeah. Right? Yep. So it wasn't we weren't playing shows, we weren't really taking it seriously. We were just jamming. Okay, all right. So we just hopped on their stuff. We hadn't played any shows or any we, right. it wasn't even a real band okay. until Broken Star. Ended. I see. I see. Yeah. Curious I... Ryan became Curious Ryan after Broken yeah. Star. Yeah, cause... there was a subtle overlap. Yeah yeah like like i said like we would jam and we never played any shows until broken star
0: okay okay i see because the reason i'm saying that is because i do remember i have this memory of sitting on my parents couch in where they live down on richardson in that little bungalow and i'm watching tv and and the the corded phone rings not the cell phone the corded phone (laughs) and i pick it up and you know ahoy hoy and it's matt on the other end from boston oh yeah i'm thinking of uh I don't know how you feel about this. You tell me what you think. I'm, I'm thinking about quitting Broken Star or no, you didn't say you, you said Sean is quitting Broken Star and he's going to Canada, back to Canada to yeah. start a pop punk band with, with Rob. What do you think? And I was like, and because I was a fan of Broken Star, I'm like, what? I'm like that fucking idiot. What's he doing? You guys are like, you basically signed, you're on tank records. Now you're making an album and now he's quitting. What the fuck? Meanwhile, all along you were also planning on quitting and coming back with Sean, and you kind of used that, which I I respect as a as a move to see what my real thoughts were about it. I understand where you're coming from. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess it was kind of a weird thing. Broken Star was like things were happening and people were liking it. Mm-hmm. I I didn't really know what was going on. I just thought that it was like I'm living in someone's closet. Yeah in london ontario and i yeah he probably called you, you from of...
2: london because i i forgot about that whole thing
0: i'm sure you guys was... were living like my memory i mean my memory is not
2: oh you know, you guys but... were living yeah that's true you guys were living in london before you went to boston yeah, yeah i remember i had to sell a couple of video games to try to raise some money to go on that tour with you guys <laughs> and it didn't end up working out yeah
3: <laughs>
1: yeah we were trying to get you to come on tour with us it should have been awesome <laughs>
2: It would have been something. I, I, I,
0: I, had, I thought it was from Boston. I I could be wrong, but I, I'm fairly... You might be right. Yeah, I'm fairly sure it was from Boston. I certainly don't know. Because, I mean, obviously, like, all bands have internal crap, right? There's always turmoil that... Not always, but usually there's some kind of turmoil that breaks up a band. And I think Broken Star was in the midst of some of that kind of stuff. I, and again, I don't know the yeah. ins and outs, and I'm not trying to get yeah. into it here, because I know...
1: I, I don't want to really get into... Yeah. No, I, I don't
0: blame you. Um, But... Yeah, at the time I just thought it was crazy that somebody that I knew was in a signed band and, because uh, you guys were signed to Tank Records, right? I didn't make that up. You guys were actually yeah, yeah. on Tank yeah, Records. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then that you were leaving that to come back to start a pop-punk band, which in my mind, pop-punk at the time was, it was popular, but it was starting, to, it was already starting its decline, right? Like, and it never really went away. Obviously, there's still tons of pop-punk bands that are doing great yeah, these days. yeah, for sure. But back then it was sort of, the trend that it had hit in the late nineties to mid to late nineties was starting to, to come down the other side of the peak. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, It's kind of more about the, the melody of things. It's, you know, like I, you know, Nate plays in a lot of really technical bands, but he loves playing. Yeah. Melodic stuff. And, you know, broken star was melodic too. Oh yeah. But I mean, the thing about, rob and i it's like we've done harmonies forever and it's just like once they lock in it's like yeah that feels like home you know that's a cool thing yeah Um, yeah
0: for sure like when we played that scout hut show like i remember the guy from um used to be in tug nut what's their new band called um oh it's it's just slipped just slipped out of my head
2: they put me on the spot. One of the, I, one they of the guys that sludge
0: metal band, yeah, they're so good. Yeah, they I, had. I they hate had that, that I can't remember their name. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I can't believe I can't remember their names. It's driving me nuts, but they're they're so good. And well, I can't believe you guys. What's that?
1: <laughs> they can't believe you guys.
0: <laughs> but he came up to me after after the show, and like, he's like, "Man, those harmonies when you guys lock in those like those harmonized parts when Rob's singing the lead, like it sounds so good." And those are honestly my favorite songs to play because they they do. There's this magic that that happens, for lack of a better term. There's this weird magic feeling that happens when you've got the harmonies locked in, and then there's an awesome lead vocal going over top. You know what I mean? People that resonates with people. It just sounds so like professional, I guess. Right when you hear it, and you can hear people nail that. It sounds really good. And I yeah. think we got. I think
2: I think I think we really started doing that after Matt and I went on a little trip to the Bahamas when we were 19, mm-hmm. and we we met Liam who ended up being the drummer for not by choice, but at the time was the drummer of a band called mugshot. Right.
3: So anyway,
2: right. things progressed. Liam ended up in not by choice.
3: Hmm.
2: We were fans of not by choice. This is like before they became signed or anything. They had this demo out. It sounded really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was recorded by Murray. That's why we ended up going to Murray anyway. So we went to, we went to see Liam play in not by choice at Fanshawe college and a band called toe. Mm mm-hmm was playing with them and we were completely blown away by toe. Uh, and they did the same thing. They kind of had the guy singing the lead and then the other guys were singing the, the backup parts. And we just thought, fuck, that sounds so huge and big. And like, we fell in love with that band who, who turned into Cotter Eyes, who were an unbelievable band. I remember when I recorded the lyrics or the vocals for, Sorry, I'm getting a little gooned here. I'm about seven beers deep. Uh, All right.
0: You're still making sense.
2: Uh when we recorded the vocals, I remember Jesse the singer of Cauterize, came in because he was friends with Murray for the one point Lost demo, and I was just like kinda starstruck that he was mm-hmm. he was in there. And it made me a little nervous, but I don't know. I yeah. pulled it off. But yeah, that was that was a change for us. I think when we saw uh Toe Clay uh with those vocals, we just thought that sounds awesome, we can do that, let's let's do that. Right. And
1: so th- they were like a way more professional version of us. Yeah, like for
0: time sure. Time for, yeah. yeah. And and so the the one like the songs that I know that have those uh harmonized vocals in them, I know that's from an earlier one point loss session, right? That that was before the, the three song demo you did with Murray.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And then so you did those and then
2: No, the first the first one point loss recording was Murray.
1: No, I'm saying that the the harmonies
2: is that what you're talking about? No, I'm talking about the those like songs like
0: Gone Away, and oh, yeah, that was
2: recorded after.
0: That, that. was after. Three, Murray.
2: Yeah, the three song was the first thing that One Point Lost put out, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, and then we recorded Gone Away and got gotcha. the fucking reverb dungeon in Acton.
1: <laughs> the the songs that sound thing like thing you're in a hallway. The,
2: yeah. it
1: it was actually like they had killer, killer equipment. Mm-hmm. But that guy just—he loved to bathe in reverb.
2: Oh, it was ridiculous. I remember we got it back, and we were just like, "Is this guy fucking serious?" Like,
1: <laughs> well, he did Stomp and Tom, though, right?
2: Yeah, like that was the claim to fame. Like he had done every Stomp and Tom record. <laughs> oh fuck! Well, and, I- like, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he I- record I- a
0: good pop punk record then?
2: I remember like here in the conversation on the phone. I think it was maybe Kyle talking to the guy. Asking him to just dial back the reverb a little bit, and he's like, "No, no, it sounds good." And we're like, "It's fucking hissing, man!" Like, there's,
0: like, a, there's a constant hiss across the entire album. because yeah, The reverb yeah. is just, just dripping off every track.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah man. I just I remember like so in One Point Loss, uh, we made that three song demo, we sent it out everywhere,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, we were practicing in Kyle's basement one night, and I remember his mom was like, "Kyle, there's a message on the phone." Kyle runs up and he's like, "You guys aren't gonna fucking believe this. Come up." So we go upstairs, and it's Paul Gourley from the agency group uh, saying that he heard our demo and he wants to bring us down for a showcase. And nice. Um, I completely lost my train of thought. And then that
0: showcase was the one that happened at the Horseshoe.
2: No, that happened at uh, what was it called? It was across from Honest Ed's. Was it the, the-, Vol- the volcano lounge? Oh, is that right? some uh a volcano lounge? No. Was it? No. I think so. I think it was the volcano lounge. Volcano lounge doesn't sound right. That was another <laughs> another time when Uncle Glenn stepped in and saved the day because there was like it was April and there was like a crazy ass snowstorm out of nowhere and my uncle had to rent a van and drive us down there. Oh man. I remember I bought a brand yeah, new wardrobe yeah. from Honest Dead. That, that show was a disaster. I can't believe we got signed. Do you remember? I was yeah, you I, were sick. I probably had the
1: coronavirus at that point. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah, Matt was
2: puking in a garbage can outside oh. the bar before we played. He was deathly ill, and we were all it, it in a van even, with
1: him. It wasn't even just, like, I was nervous. Like, I was just sick. Like yeah. I had. That's my worst know.
0: nightmare. I always think of that when we have a show, like, when, when I've played shows with you guys in the past, like, I always worry about getting sick right before the show, getting a cold or a flu or something, and not Try being be the singer oh, I, I believe it, I believe it <laughs>
2: like, that's my fucking biggest
0: I hate it I just thing want shows that, to go good do... you know
1: well, that's the thing they never do I want it to be fun and, and <laughs> if you're sick,
0: there's no chance you're having any fun if you're sick playing
1: especially no, it, if
0: it was awful,
1: it was know? awful i i'm I remember puking into a garbage can. I remember sick. you
2: puking into a garbage can. Just being extremely sick, yeah. and and, and then we didn't know who they were. Like we, we played,
1: we, we played we, awesome. Somehow, i we did. Know.
2: We killed it. Mm-hmm. There is a live recording of that somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's no
1: reason why that should be good. It should be very bad.
2: <laughs> I do say some questionable things on the mic, but other than that, uh, what else is new? <laughs> yeah, but not like not like offside fun. Good. I mean, like, I I remember I was talking about the weather. It was embarrassing. Anyway, (laughs) I remember we were nervous because we didn't know who Paul Gurley was. And he was bringing someone from the management trust with him. And we didn't know who Uh, these people were. And I remember we're sizing everybody up. He's like, You think that's him? You think that's him? And he basically told us, you're not going to know who we are. We're going to watch you play. Mm -hmm. If you suck, you'll never know who we are. Mm-hmm. We'll just leave, mm-hmm. and if you're good, <laughs> then you'll hear from us, right? Right. So that adds a whole other fucking element of pressure, too, right? Yeah, That's yeah. Cute. And uh, so, yeah. Luckily, we got approached after, and uh, I remember there was like some older bands on there too that were like pissed off because we had the agency group coming to see us. Mm-hmm. Like they were giving us some attitude. Do you remember that, Matt? Well, I think like the agency group, the whole thing was they came
1: to see the <laughs> earlier bands, right? So another band played after us. <laughs> who thought yeah. that they were being looked at but the those guys that come to see the shows put them on sooner
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: they can leave mm-hmm. the
2: industry stuff for sure.
1: yeah like the that. industry stuff is early It's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. not the headlining band is going to be the one that they're going to listen to right they don't talk about that mm-hmm.
2: yeah so we got we got good feedback from them that night and i think it was a couple weeks later we uh we hopped in the van and motored down to Toronto and we uh, were in a boardroom with these people at the agency group with like gold records all over the wall. And it was just like mm-hmm. insane. It went from, and the story goes, and I don't know if this is actually true, but they, the story goes that Paul had actually seen our demo and was like, what the fuck is this? Because it was, it was a cardboard sleeve that we made. We pasted it on with glue stick, the cover and we just rammed this CD with like magic marker writing into it, mm-hmm. and he was like, he threw it in the. I don't know if it's true. Apparently, well, somebody art. pulled it out and listened to it, and, it and the photocopy
1: again, bio too. Like, yeah, a photocopy it like bio. It, it, it was like, like clip art. Like <laughs> it was <laughs> ridiculous. It looked bad. Like, but it was that was our picture in like bio. Was we like, put all the money in the recording. You know, we didn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah and who cares? If we like could do it all again, I like, think right? maybe. Maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe if we would have put some money into the actual yeah. uh, CD pressing right. in the cases. Hmm. It was his... But we had such yeah. a high success rate of burning CDs that... Uh, <laughs> That's true. You know, right. we stuck with it.
1: I, I think it was his assistant that grabbed it out of the garbage for some reason, unknown yeah. reason. Yeah. And just started listening to it. Hmm. Yeah. And then... So, yeah. so you get signed oh, to so this agency group. like 30 minutes, but that brings you back to us hearing the message that Paul Gourley sent. Holy Christ, man. How long is that going to (laughs) be? Oh, what, what are you talking about? Uh, that's when Paul Gourley like sent the
2: message to Kyle. Right. Yes. And the message was, (laughs) we came
0: back full circle. Yes.
2: So the message was from Paul Gourley. It was like, this is Paul Gourley from the agency group. Uh, I'm listening to your demo right now and it's kicking my ass. Wow. Uh, we need to get you guys down here as soon as possible for a showcase. Uh, and I just remember hearing that going like, holy fuck, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, and yeah.
0: then, so you get signed to the agency group and now you start booking shows all over the place? They start getting Well, shows. they started
2: booking us shows. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. start, and then we, and then okay, we got man. branded as Sellouts, which was awesome.
0: By who? In Cambridge. By who? The Cambridge, the Cambridge Punk
2: Rocks. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were all of a sudden, we were like, and we weren't making any money and we were like scraping shit together to get gas. Like we were making 50 bucks a show in Toronto, but we were doing what we had to do to, to kind of, yeah, who cares? I mean, at that that
0: point in your career, you're trying to, you're trying to just get your name out there. Right. It's not about the money that you're making. It's, it's about the, you know, building that, that uh, credibility
1: or whatever. Yeah. It was never about the money.
2: No, of course never. Not. We never made money in that band. We <laughs> paid way more money than we
1: made. Oh, it we that's a lot of bands in the start
2: stuff. You know, like that
1: was the best part. It's mm-hmm. just like you know, we did some really awesome stuff, mm-hmm. and yeah, we we may have paid to play a few times, but there were times you know where we were making a bit more, and you know, it just goes up as you play, I guess. Yeah, right.
2: we were we were we were on the ground floor with the agency group, and they were. Their job, their goal was to j- gradually build us up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. We played a lot of the big bars in Toronto and, you know, we played edge new rock night at the horseshoe.
0: Yeah. That's the, that's the show to I was a pack thinking.
2: bar. Like, and, and that pack show bar. was unbelievable. Like that bar, I think to this day is the, the best sound I've ever had on stage like that. It's a legendary, but there's a reason the Rolling Stones Mm-hmm. Rented that bar out to practice and rehearse for their tour. Like that mm-hmm. is a, that's a big time. Yeah,
0: that's a legit sure. venue, right? And then, so then Absolutely. what? So then what happened after that? So then you guys are on this agency group. How many shows? A funny how,
2: story. I do want to tell a funny story about the agency group. Yeah. I remember we were sitting at the agency group meeting, and we were very much like we were a punk band. We were into the punk scene. We liked punk bands. And I remember he asked us, like Paul was like, "What can." what can we do for you? And we're sitting in this room with all these gold records all over the wall. And I, I don't know if it was me or someone else. It might've been Kyle. I don't know. Piped up and said, well, we'd like to be on the warp tour this year. Just thinking like, fuck, we're in this room with gold records. They should be able to do that for us. And I remember Paul was like, ah, that lineup's already set this year. It was like May and the warp tour was like starting in a couple of weeks or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, "Ah, we could try, but uh, I don't know if we'll be able to do that for you." So we were just kind of like, "Okay, whatever." Then we just want to play as much as we can play, or whatever. So fast forward a couple months later, we had entered a contest to play Warp Tour, and we ended up winning it. Oh, so nice. we ended up getting on. We ended up getting on the very date. Oh wow! Of uh, <clears throat> of Warp Tour. So I remember us calling our agent and being like, "Oh, remember when you guys said you couldn't get us on Warp Tour? Yeah, don't worry, me today." We won we, a contest. We're on By the that. way, do you want to be on our do you want to be on our guest list? <laughs> <laughs> and so that was cool. But Paul was an unbelievable guy. Uh he has he has since passed away, unfortunately. Oh, I didn't know that. And uh yeah, we 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 got to see him again uh, when we were Matt and I were in Vinyl Heart. So mm-hmm. it was good to uh it was good to see him again, but it was definitely uh definitely sad to hear uh mm-hmm. about Impossible. passing he an older guy. He was, was... he was on our team. No, he wasn't. He had he had a condition. I forget mm. exactly what it is, and I don't want to yeah, say yeah. the wrong thing. Uh, but he wasn't much older than us. Uh, mm. Maybe five or six years or whatever. Oh, but wow. that's too bad. He was unbelievable for us. He he was pushing our band as hard as he possibly could. There was nights in bars when uh, he would pay us out of his pocket. He would offer us to stay at his house. He would he would literally did everything for us. Mm. Uh, so yeah. Uh, he was he was part of the team for sure he was one of us
0: yeah well that's too bad then yeah sure so then so then what happened with the agency group then so you're on there you play warp tour and do you remember what year that was 2003 2003 yeah and then so then what happens after that because not you weren't on the agency group all that long from what i remember right uh, no, I think
2: we, I think we got on the agency group in May and that Warp Tour date would have been probably July mm-hmm. or August. August, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually remember we played the night before we played the Hard Rock, uh, right at, uh, Young and Dundas Square in Toronto okay. and we drove to Barry and we ended up sleeping in a Walmart parking lot the night before we played Warp Tour. <laughs> uh, yeah. Life
0: of a, fun. life of a band, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. The young band fun. touring playing shows. But it's the funnest thing in the world, Yeah, you know? I believe it. The funnest thing.
0: I believe it. You're, I mean, how could it not be? I know like, like you've got shitty nights and you're sleeping sometimes places you don't want to and you're not eating as much as you'd want to or whatever, but you're still doing the whole band thing. You're doing what you want to do, you know what I mean? And you're not... You're on a team...
2: The, yeah. You're on a team with five people and it feels like you can do anything you want to do. Right. You know? We just willed our way onto the warp Tour gig. Like, we... It, yeah it's a great feeling mm-hmm.
0: and then and then how long after so, okay so agency group goes you start getting some shows then you play Warp tour and then when did it when did it dissolve with the agency group then like later that year then like after
2: it dissolved with the agency group when the band dissolved okay like, that, I had to, that's what that's what ended it yeah all right it yeah so it, the band broke up and then i had to call paul Okay. And tell him that uh, the band had broken up.
0: I see.
1: Wasn't,
2: okay, wasn't a good
0: conversation. That was some. That was a part of the band history that I'd never. I I had never cleared up. I wasn't ever sure about how that went down. Yeah.
1: Just ask John and Ryan.
0: John <laughs> and Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They yeah, butchered it. Yeah, it's, just, quite it's, it's
2: a, bit. you know, it's uh, <laughs> we were young and uh, <laughs> the band broke up. let
0: Yeah, it happens, what it right? Is. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what freaked me out about the whole thing was that like I saw you guys. When I heard that demo, the three song with Murray, or that you recorded with Murray, and then I saw you guys, I'm I'm sure it was at the, uh, at the Black Badger Pub downtown, and I remember, like you guys asked if I had heard it, and I was like, yeah, I I have it, and it sounds great, and I'm like, it sounds really professional, and I was, I meant that in the in the best way possible, like it was the probably one of the best recordings I'd ever heard any of, anybody I knew, put out, you know what I mean and it was so polished and so good and i was so excited for you guys I, I really saw like big things on the horizon and then not long after that it's like yeah we're not we're not doing that anymore <laughs> i was like ah oh, what's going on here i don't even think i saw you guys play a show <laughs> i don't even think i saw you play one show um before we today. didn't
2: play around cambridge no i
0: know i know you didn't and, but i i, Wait, I so wanted, I wanted to come we see you once we were
2: one point loss yeah yeah
0: i wanted I gotta, to come see we you, did
2: we did have you know what though we did have like Remember we would rent school buses, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm yep. allowed to yep. rent a school bus from Toshmar Bus Lines till to, to this day. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we would rent school buses, and we would bring people that wanted to come, and we'd yep. always pack our school buses, and we would, you know, we would bring people to Toronto. Yep. And, uh,
0: I do remember yeah. that. I don't know why I didn't go back then. It's probably because I was still either in school or still working you were I,
2: definitely I, out of school probably of lots school. of people were still in oh school, i would have been like, out of school for sure i would have
0: been yeah, yeah. that's right because this was like
2: 2002 like yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah i was working full time that's why then because i was already working for for the city at that time
2: and yeah working yeah. every
0: day so that's that's likely why i never took any of those buses i remember a lot of them were like weeknight shows they weren't like weekends they were like they'd be middle of the week I, yeah, I have no idea.
2: I have no idea. That, well, I, I mean sometimes the horse you rock night it would be a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. Yeah. I I have a feeling I remember a lot of those bus shows being there was some reason I I couldn't go. Otherwise I would have gone because I wanted to see you guys play and it didn't take very long before you guys weren't touring or like playing any shows anymore and so I didn't get to see any of them. I probably yeah, should have taken yeah. one of those buses. It probably would have been super fun now looking back on it, you know what I mean? Hindsight's 2020. Oh, yeah.
2: Man, I wish I would have taken one of those buses. (laughs) Holy! I remember taking one of those buses to see. I I think Prizefighter, Mm -hmm. Zubin's band, Zubin's band Prizefighter, and it was. And I was like, Ah, this is what it's like to be on the bus just going to the show, and it was it was awesome. I, I never knew what it was like. I was in the van. How long?
0: How long after you guys broke up did did we start doing it? Like, how long before I joined you guys and started playing? Because there were some new songs in there, right? Like, like later on, like, oh, yeah. like I'll yeah, take yeah. I'll take you down was a song that was recorded well after you guys had disbanded, right?
2: There was an attempt to get the band back going. In yeah, I think, oh, I I dude, I don't know, man. I'm fuzzy on the dates. Yeah, but yeah. We
1: probably weren't a band for. We never uh, we we, uh, you know. Yeah, we we wrote and
2: recorded "I'll Take You Down," but we never played shows or anything. It was like, yeah. Just kind of, it was a false start, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you had I'll Take You Down, and then didn't you record um, the acoustic one? What's the acoustic one called?
2: Scotch Tape was yeah, recorded Scotch before, tape. that was before I'll Take You Down.
0: Yeah, sure. but but still after the band had broken up though, right?
2: No, no. So I think, I think we recorded Scotch date, Tape to, uh, we were trying to get a factor grant.
0: Yes, I remember. So I think it that, was just
2: an acoustic demo we did to try to get a factor okay. to make an album. Yeah, I knew going to the, I knew I'm you guys gonna do that. Uh, I'm gonna take a timeout. How are we on time? We, for what do you
0: mean? Yeah. Overall. Yeah. Or, yeah. Out. Out? The Zoom time call is it? not. No, the Zoom call is not kicking us off. I got a message while we were talking. I didn't want. Okay. To cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. We've been upgraded. We're we're cool. Yeah. It said. Okay, I'm gonna take a way bathroom way. break. So I'll be right back. You guys yeah.
0: talk. Amongst yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Um. But yeah So you guys recorded that i remember you guys record matt i'm talking to you now because Rob's gone. yeah to yeah, yeah. <laughs> um no, you, you guys recorded scotch tape i remember under some kind of like pressure and i remember th- we were talking about lyrics earlier and i <laughs> remember yeah. how you guys wrote the lyrics to scotch tape were you not just watching the you were sitting at a bar like the night before it was due or something if i remember correctly
1: yeah it, yeah that's probably how did that go uh we actually went to the Mongolian Grill because uh-huh, okay. one of our friends worked there <laughs> yeah. and she would give us free alcohol. A few of our up... friends worked there. Or yeah. Yours. Yeah. Well, Erica Hind was there and she right. really gave us free alcohol. <laughs> so we would go there on martini Mondays, which I didn't usually have a martini, but I would definitely pour myself some beer before <laughs> I grew up. <laughs>
3: Uh, anyway,
1: yeah, so we we would watch the TV and the screen would have like subtitles and being like, we wrote the subtitles <laughs> that we were reading as lyrics for, right. and we like it was it wasn't about anything. It was just kind yeah,
0: of, it was just kind of whatever popped up that made sense on the subtitles,
1: right? Yeah, literally whatever <laughs> popped up. Exactly,
0: I love it, and it yeah, it, it makes sense if you listen to the lyrics. They kind, they all go together. They all make some sort of sense
1: somehow it all works but uh (laughs) not my ideal yeah you know like i will say like the shred penner stuff getting back to shred penner yeah uh lyrically like and just where everyone is like it wasn't a thing that could have been done back in one point loss Mm -hmm. there were things that needed to be done in order for that to happen mm-hmm. so, yeah i mean this, and,
0: this wasn't the sort of record that you're going to throw lyrics together for haphazardly you no,
1: know I mean? and that's the thing yeah I, I i was kind of done with um you know lyrics that didn't mean anything yeah. and that's weird for me because i really i'm not a lyric guy when mm-hmm. i listen to stuff i'm not listening to the lyrics i'm listening to music
4: mm-hmm.
1: only yeah and mainly
0: yeah but those uh, did uh, how trying to think about how to word this question how uh involved were you with the lyric writing for that early stuff though like uh i'll take or not all no uh matt i'm talking to you like because i know rob you wrote stuff for like like for example the lyrics to like 80s hair and stuff that's where you wrote those correct rob or did you guys write those together
2: (laughs) i think we wrote them together we wrote those together in my bedroom on avenue road yeah Uh, matt wrote a lot of the one point loss lyrics
0: so because
1: yeah and and that's the thing and that's kind of bringing me back to you know the shred penner stuff means something to me Mm -hmm. one point loss stuff that i uh wrote some lyrics for doesn't mean as much
0: yeah because oftentimes we'll be listening to that old stuff and and like Allison, like my wife or whoever listening that doesn't know,
2: my um, wife. My wife. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she'll say, what does that line mean? What do you think? He, what do you think you meant there? Cause she's not, she usually doesn't pay attention to lyrics, but every once in a while she'll find a line that sticks out. Like, like, I think it's in, um, back again, there's like that, that part where it's like, she's growing up, she's throwing up. Right. And, uh, I feel yeah.
1: like those mean nothing.
0: And I'll, yeah, and, I was like, yeah, what, do means, "What does nothing. that mean? She's growing up. She's throwing up." And I'm like, "I, I don't know." I'm like, "It could be about Matt's we dog." For all I know, I, I don't fucking know.
2: Yeah, no, we wrote that. You know, remember? Do you remember when we wrote that part, Matt, the bridge to back again? This is a hilarious Cambridge story. I'm sure I do, but buddy, we right. wrote that in the fucking rocket ship at Churchill Park. Oh yeah, <laughs> we were up in the rocket ship, and we were like playing this thing and we were just i would those lyrics were bullshit they were just like it. growing up rhymed with throwing up and yeah. it fucking fit in and like it sounded it was just cool like, we
1: had a cool melody we had a some yeah.
2: cool harmonies
4: yeah
1: it, it didn't, that's the thing it didn't even matter what the lyrics were we didn't give a fuck about that it it's was just funny like, though
0: because if you don't that know was, that but, if you don't know that and you listen to it it sounds like some kind of cryptic thing that could be really deep
1: <laughs> you know yeah i mean? i agree, I agree. And you know what? Now that I'm like, oh, I like the Shred Penner lyrics, like I probably am like a sucker because nobody knows the difference of you know, they don't know what a lot of stuff is about. Right. One point loss, uh, I definitely got in a little bit of trouble writing lyrics because uh, it was about like it was about my parents and like a divorce or you know, like some teenage angst bullshit and but it made for which is what sells but it made for some good songs though, you know what sells? I mean? Oh you no! Know, I know people win, like when Red, Anna's, like Red Ritchie,
0: like the lyrics to Red Ritchie. That's that's about moving <laughs> out of. Is that not about moving out of uh, Oak Hill Drive when your parents split up and you guys had to had to bust out of there?
1: Uh probably.
2: I'm sure it, it is. is. Yeah. I can confirm that. Yeah,
1: a lot of the stuff was like, I was getting, you know, in trouble. Like my mom's like, "What's this song about?" And I'm like, oh, "I don't know." <laughs>
0: Could have just told her. You Could have been honest with her. You. You're expressing yourself through your through your music. Yeah, it's your I, art. I
1: should have been. I should have been. You're yeah. right.
0: But I mean, you're a kid. I know. I know where that from.
1: Yeah, I know. I you <laughs> yeah, no, it's tough. And honestly, like
2: Rob knows about that too. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember like Scotch tape. We wrote the lyrics and this is we we went to we used to go to the mongolian grill yeah, on wednesday night we, we just talked about this story yeah, yeah every <laughs>
1: single part of it. in the bathroom i was thinking it, i was talking about more about the shred penner song like each song so okay let's let's go from track one to track eight like to talk about what each song is about sure all right that's that's the
2: host now <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> wherever wherever this uh, takes us uh, my name is Mike elder and uh <laughs> the first song it's called the life uh rob can you tell me what the life is about
2: the first song is called the life and the life is just about playing it's about playing in bars and how the crazy shit that happens uh it's a shred penner song about shred penner the cover band i would say um yeah, I don't
1: know. There's... That seems to be a favorite, which I love. I really love that because people—you y- can see which songs people listen to on Spotify and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Apple Music yeah. and stuff. And the the life—I don't know if it's because it's the first song on the record, but uh, it seems to be like one of the more popular ones. It, it's just more of a party song, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. And Shred Hunter's a are party band. Yeah. And
2: it goes ties back in with what I said before about looking forward to the weekend. Like I'm working all week, and I'm like I might be having a shit week, and I'm thinking like we got a gig this weekend. It's going to be awesome. And it's kind of about if you're hungover or whatever. Like it doesn't matter. We're playing shows and we're mm-hmm. we're having fun. And uh, it's I would say that's like the shred Penner anthem. Really, like that's about that is about our band playing covers and bars. Mm-hmm. It kind of
1: makes sense just to kick it off with that, because it's like the introduction. Yeah. This is who we are. This is what we've done for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, And then we just happened to make a record, you know? Right. Yeah. So, and then what's
0: anyway? Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. I was just going to say, what's the, what's the <laughs> second track? I don't have a track listing. So let's, if you're going to, it's, it's
2: <laughs> Baron road. Yeah. And Baron road, the lyrics were written by Nate. Uh, So Nate ended up coming with us on our vinyl heart tour. Uh, he was our driver, our guitar tech, our drum tech, our basically everything. He (laughs) was like, and that was his first real tour. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's, and I mean, Nate wrote the lyrics. So I just, my interpretation of it is, it was his first time on the road and he kind of loved that life of being on the road. And he's kind of like, yes, this is for me. This, uh, this road life and it was also like in like the three of us were together that's kind of where we all the three of us became really close right yeah it was on that tour nate like all of us like mm-hmm. Shwendi and tyler smith and and matt and i and nate like it was it was fun man we had mm-hmm. a lot of fun out there and uh <sighs> yeah we talked we about we that on that really podcast close.
0: that you guys did with me or like way back when yeah i think it was episode three or something yeah. and uh of this show and that was great great uh stories you guys had from touring together and i know it wasn't like a long tour but it was you guys yeah and you guys seem to have bonded quite a bit uh, during that time and you're still playing music together right you're still making music after all all these years so
2: yep and then track three is obviously about the uh coronavirus yeah that's waiting right
0: Uh, wait
2: or wait not waiting wait oh wait yes wait do you have something you'd like to add there uh Co-host Matthew.
1: Uh, I just said it was wait, not waiting.
2: Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for putting that
1: up. You're
2: welcome. Yeah. And then I'll let Matt talk about track four if he wants to talk about that. Oh, uh sure. What's four?
1: Uh track four is Up at Night, which is about my dad and it was a song that needed to be talked about i'm not i'm not a poet i don't write poetry uh it was just something that i had in my head that i needed to get out mhm um it was just about uh well i mean just like if you listen to the lyrics it's it just how it sounds
4: mhm
1: like you'll never know how much you've done for us mhm I probably never said it enough. And that's basically the story of my life is like, I never said that to him enough, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Something that bothers me, but it's a, it's a homage to him and, uh, this whole album is as well.
0: Well, we have these tough relationships with our parents, right? And not everyone's got a, that typical tv family that you see as a matter of fact probably most people don't you know and and so yeah, the way sure. you had the way you grew up with your relationship with your dad is very similar to the relationship that i had with my dad you know we didn't do a lot of talking we didn't tell each other how we felt about each other we still don't really uh um, yeah, yeah and yeah. i don't I don't know that we ever will and and it might be a situation kind of like at least you got closer to your dad much closer to your dad in the years before his passing which
1: was which was excellent yeah, i'm 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 grateful for that for sure um yeah it was just it was kind of a i don't know that song gave me chills when i heard it after
2: you know rob and nate sent it along with vocals on there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah we basically i basically got we we had the music and then matt sent lyrics and so it was like we had to we pieced the song out of the lyrics and uh Made the course where the course was, and uh I knew it had to be I knew it was an important song, and i you know I really wanted to nail it, so hearing matt like give the positive feedback after we sent it to him was very good, yeah very good for us good so like
1: i I sent that song to nate uh originally, and then I just you know he was like uh, don't you think that this is like a song that you should be singing. Like, and I was just like, no, I want this to be like the shred penner thing, you know? And
4: mm-hmm.
1: I, I mean, I went to kindergarten with Rob. Rob knows my dad probably about as well as I do, you know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that, but no, no. yeah. I mean, no, uh,
1: I, but he's known him for a long time. We got yeah. some good stories about that too
2: absolutely
1: yeah i didn't spend a whole lot of time <laughs> yeah, it's with
2: it's, a, it's a pleasure it's a pleasure for me to sing that song on behalf of matt for sure
1: right yeah, yeah it imagine. was just uh it was something that uh needed to happen and it was like i said i don't have any other way of expressing my feelings because i you know
2: mm-hmm. i don't
1: write poetry yeah i yeah. just not yet no 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 <laughs> <Not> it <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was nice getting to
0: know him like in the year, like I didn't get to know him all that well. I didn't spend a ton of time with with your old man, but I knew him a little bit and he was, uh, definitely you could tell that his relationship with you was a lot different than when we were kids. You know what I mean? And and they they have a role to play when we're, when we're teenagers, they have a role to play, right? They got to, I feel like they have to assert themselves in some kind of authoritarian way. And then as we get older, they, they kind of turn more into our friends,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, you know what? Like the last time that we saw him was at uh a Michi in Cambridge, hmm. and he had his shred penner shirt on, and it was just <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's him. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. So, anyways, Rob has some stories about him.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: the, the weightlifting
2: one is what i thinking. Anyway. Yeah. I will tell my two favorite Steve Elder stories here. So my 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 number one is there was a night that Matt and I had been drinking quite heavily. And Matt Steve kind of used to give Matt a hard time because I was like, I would get up and go to work. And Matt, I don't know what he was doing at the time, whatever. But he, he came into the room the one morning. He's like, Rob, come with me. Come into the room. Come work out with me. I'm like, all right, because we're working out. Work. I was so hungover, man. I was just like, I feel like I'm going to puke. And I remember he like, got on the weight bench and he started lifting the weights and he's just pumping the iron. He's like, all right, Rob, let's see how many you can do. And I remember lifting it like once and then twice. And then the third one, I was like, if I lift this one more time, I'm going to puke everywhere. <laughs> so I just set the weights down. He's like, look at that, Rob. I'm, I'm 50 years old and I can lift more than you. And blah blah blah. I'm like, yep, Steve, <laughs> man, you're the king. And then I promptly went into Matt's bathroom and vomited <laughs> all over the place. After that, oh man! <laughs> well, he and then Mike
1: also told me that uh, Rob can lift more because he has a job. Because I have a
2: job and I'm <laughs> <working>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, see that, see that back. Uh, Rob came in there and he uh, he lifted the weights with me because he's got a job. <laughs> oh my man. god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because and then my he has second favorite, Steve Elder. My second favorite Steve Elder story, maybe my first actually, is I was playing a gig one night at, uh, Abbey, the Abbey pub. It was in Preston, very short lived pub, but uh, my favorite solo gig I ever played. I just had a lot of really cool people there that, that had come to see me and, uh, Steve walked in, Matt wasn't there, John wasn't there, but Steve, Steve came in and I remember after he came up to me and he was like, uh, he did a really good job. He did a really good job. Rob, you really you had this crowd and just uh and then after he told Matt that I've I've really come of age. So, that was a good thing <laughs> he to really hear. have come of age. I've come of age. <laughs> well,
1: cuz he kind of like he didn't hate him, but he kind of did because yeah, he over sure. all for the sure. time, he was like the the Eddie Haskell of
2: the Leave It <laughs> to Beaver family. You know? I think yeah. I think your mom, I think your mom would agree with that. That was definitely Eddie <laughs> oh. Haskell. You're not uh, allowed to that, was, that sure. was the night that our our relationship changed, though like I felt like we were buds after that.
1: Yeah, yeah. He once he said you've come of age and he was just like, wow, he was just he was just incredible, just tremendous. Yeah. 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 Just, just, just bloody astronomical. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was definitely yeah. one of a kind, man. I know that for sure. getting even like, just a little a, bit that I got to know him. You could tell he was he's a character, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's basically the whole. The song is about me, like wishing that you know. I, well, I just I saw I saw at his funeral. I just saw how many people came out. Yeah. And you know his pool league, like he played in a billiards league. They did a lot. They did a lot. They they all signed a cue and gave it to my brother and I. To you know mm-hmm. they have. A pool ball signed with all of their names uh, cremated with him as well. Wow. It was just super unexpected. And it was just. uh, Yeah, it was. There were a lot of people that came towards, you know, they they came to me and my brother. Yeah. And it was like, it was nice to know that, you know, he wasn't just hated by everyone. He was loved by everyone. Yeah.
0: It was a weird, it was a weird day
2: because. I wow. didn't. He was by everyone. <laughs> no, guys. I my phone was 100 percent when I started this, and it's now under 10. Okay, you need to. So plug I it might in. have to un. I might have to unplug the earphones and go raw. All right here, and uh,
1: that's all right. Disgusting.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Is that is that going to be all right? Is that okay, loud enough? i the exact
1: same. Yeah. We'll work. We'll work it out.
2: It wasn't loud enough for me, but that's because I saw the earpods in. But now it's now it's good.
4: Okay. Oh. Uh,
0: yeah it was such a weird day it was like <clears throat> the day of that funeral like it was it was a somber day obviously but you could you could feel everyone had so many good stories about him you know what i mean even like even uh, yeah. your, even your friends it wasn't just about the the older guys that know like he's like the like the guys in his pool league and stuff and the family but but like your friends like uh um, yeah it, it, it just and when you told me when i walked in and you told me about that that pool cue and that whole pool ball i just that's when i broke down and i didn't even know him yeah. that well and usually these these funerals for people that i don't know all that well don't hit me that hard but knowing you and john and what you guys were going through and then that when you told me that you're like yeah they're they're gonna cremate him with with the pool ball sign but and i just i broke down. i lost it you know yeah yeah it was it was yeah. insane it just felt so so strange like and but then after after the main part of the funeral, when everyone was just kind of hanging out after, and I couldn't hang out too long because I, to, I had to run off to work. Of course, it had to, it had to stone, had to be like the storm of the century that day.
1: Yeah, it was, but, eh?
0: But um, but even in the time that I spent afterwards, like, you could feel how how many people were just sharing good stories about him, you know, and how the the mood sort of elevated quite a bit after the main part of the funeral. And it, I think it's a testament to the kind of guy that that he was ultimately.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the whole fact of the matter is, you know, you said that your dad was kind of similar growing up. Yeah. Um, fuck. I mean, God forbid when he goes, Mm -hmm. you know, hopefully you get to see how many people come out and, um, yeah. People you don't really expect to be there. It's a, it's a huge thing and it's, uh,
0: yeah, it's weird. It's weird when a parent goes because <clears throat> it's like if it's someone in your family and you, and you see you you really see the reach that they had. You you don't see it when like you know you see your friend he's your your dad and he's got his friend that comes around here and there and you know he's got Steve or whatever Rob and you know Rob and Matt coming come over every now and then and say hello and drink a coffee and hang out in the garage. But then when when somebody passes away and you start to realize how many Friends, they actually have and you're like oh yeah, yeah that guy oh crap i forgot about him and all of a sudden the room is filled with people and you're going holy crap like somebody yeah. yeah passes away it affects a
1: lot of people you know yeah i mean for me it was just like my brother was like i i can't talk like mm-hmm. in front of all these people and i i
0: didn't
1: you know i didn't want to do that yeah but i felt i had to
0: yeah, and you did amazingly well. I thought, and I told you that that day. Um, you know, you guys held it together remarkably well. Like, like I well, was breaking up when you guys were talking. I couldn't even keep it together.
1: Well, I, I broke down for sure, but it was it was when like I was talking about like Leo. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's when I broke down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's because like my brother, he's got another kid on the way and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. see that which makes me very sad
0: yeah that's unfortunate
1: yeah mm. but i i just gotta say like i just appreciated everyone that was there and you know obviously like that meant the world to my brother and i for sure <laughs> we can hear rob guzzling in the background <laughs> nice cousin. Anyways, next. Song. Sorry, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a weird segue, but I guess that was actually start. water. I was drinking <laughs>
1: water. Um, it was it was something that had to be talked about, though.
2: Oh, for sure, and I'm glad we did. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so song number five is nothing here <laughs> for me. Was that a? I don't know. I don't know how do you, I don't know how to segue from that. So. No, no, you did great. Thank you. So yeah, Nothing Here For Me is a song about, I moved to Alberta when I was in grade eight and it was a big change for me and it was too big, was too big of a change for me. I don't think I was ready for it Mm -hmm. and, uh, I just never really fit in out there and it wasn't really the right place for me. Uh, and it was just a song about me just kind of longing to be back home, Mm -hmm. uh,
0: this was in sorry, grade eight, you said. You moved out there.
2: Yeah, grade eight. So my sister was young, and uh, you know I had my grandparents back here, and every, my entire family was back here, and I it just didn't work. Didn't work for me out there. So yeah, just kind of a song about like the I'd lived with my mom my entire life up until then, and it was the most difficult thing I've ever had to do mm-hmm. uh, to leave that kind of a like you know. That was my normality for my entire life up until that point, so right it's a it's a very hard decision that you have to make when you know you're faced with that kind of thing, so mm-hmm. it was a it was a big moment in my life it was a big part of my life, and I wanted to write something about that nice
1: yeah i I love the fact that he wrote about that because it was like you know in a lot of other bands there hasn't been a lot of substance and that's like not just him. That's me too. Mm. So the fact that like I heard that song and I knew what he was talking about, that was just like something
2: that was like, okay, well that's, that's cool.
1: Mm. You know?
2: Yeah. And I was nervous that it was going to get taken the wrong way. Like my yeah. Mom, my mom and Steve are still in Alberta and they are still, uh, you know, a big part of my life and I didn't want them to take it the wrong way to think that it was like wasn't anything against any person. It was just I didn't I didn't uh Alberta was not for me to live. Right. I love going back there. I went out there a couple of years ago and I surprised my mom for Easter. She didn't know I was coming and I worked it out with Steve and uh it was a really cool part of my life. Well, part of my life. It's a moment. It was a moment I'll never forget. It was awesome. And I love right. going back there to visit. I love everybody out there. and
1: I mean, when we toured out there, that was like like one of the coolest times of my life.
3: Yeah.
1: It was the weirdest slash coolest time. And, you know, because I've known her since kindergarten also.
2: At least grade six. I don't know if you ever met her when we were in kindergarten, but... Whenever, whenever,
1: Whenever you had to eat your spaghetti, that's when I knew her.
2: That was grade six. (laughs) (laughs) That's great, <laughs> <laughs> my spaghetti just my spaghetti <laughs> yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there might have been another another room to eat your spaghetti bleep bleeping spaghetti yeah yeah. yeah 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 so that was that song
1: that was just for me that was like a refreshing you know like Truth about the way that he's writing lyrics now, which makes me happy because I'm done with a bunch of bullshit you know yeah i I really you know every song that we talk about that will have a meaning it means something, whereas one point loss <laughs> no offense to them, but
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> to them you were in the band, no offense
2: to them
1: I know i know all right anyway next song. go ahead
2: so the next song is just another day i'm not gonna get too detailed i'm not gonna get too detailed about this song this song this song is just about uh you know we probably all know people that just don't understand things and the severity of a situation and uh it's kind of the person that wants to just talk to hear their own voice. And mm. no matter what the situation is, if it's a serious situation where uh, it's, it's something where you shouldn't be the center of attention, uh, it's just, you know, it's an angry song about.
1: It sounds like that. good Charlotte.
2: Yeah. It sounds like what? Right. Good Charlotte.
0: Good
1: Charlotte. Good Charlotte.
2: <laughs> this song is dedicated. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great band great band good charlotte they are they are a great band
1: they're awesome man they're awesome yeah i mean let's, I mean,
0: let's not uh that's not bullshit well, here is,
1: like in one point lost and like curious ryan like we used to play their covers all the time we're yeah we, we used, used to, to like, the yeah like simple plan and all that stuff like that was
2: that was awesome yeah, I still... Matt and I do a pretty good acoustic version of Seasons, too, to this day. Oh, yeah, we like do. it's a mandatory campfire song whenever Matt and I are on a campfire. That comes out. Nice. Oh, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, I still love that stuff, man. That's I still listen yeah, to that absolutely. a lot. Like, pop-punk bands are, like, some of my favorite right now. Just,
2: just punk in general. Punk in general is great, Daryl. I know you and I went to that, that, uh, that show in uh, Waterloo at Chainsaw, which is yep. unfortunately no longer... Yeah, I know. I heard
0: closing a down. bar but like
2: that i hadn't been to a punk show like that in ages and to see curbside and block parent that yeah. was amazing those guys fucking that brought me right back to the, yeah to the punk rock days and that's awesome stuff yeah those you guys
0: back? have a new album too we can talk about that stuff when you're done going through the song list here but i want to ask you guys who you're listening to after but uh let's get yeah, through sure. let's get through the song list and then and then we can talk about some other stuff
2: so i guess we were on sunglasses yep We kind of talked about it it a little bit. Uh, Sunglasses is just about kind of a changing of a life. Like you're, I don't know, it's about kind of getting over someone, wanting someone new. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's, some songs, I guess, don't have as much of an explanation (laughs) as others. Well, it is what it is, right? uh, And there were lyrics that included Sunglasses in the old version, So we called it sunglasses, and we yeah. I was wondering about that. Yeah, we liked we liked the title, and we're like, "Fuck, let's just keep it." You know, sunglasses. even though there's no sunglasses in there. (laughs) But I don't think you have to have the lyrics of a song in every title. No, now we don't. Of
1: course not. I feel like I feel like the first few meant something, and the last few don't mean as much. Hmm. All right, go up. You're next. The first few what? The first what? a few songs meant something
2: on this record yeah so you don't think that okay all right sunglasses <laughs> Sunglasses does it mean something to me
1: all right tell us i'm not gonna tell you
2: something <laughs> should you're on, you're on, something hey. should remain. You're on the air yeah it's not something that, that i want everyone in the world to know like that's another thing about being an artist you know you can that's express right. yourself yeah it's just I about know, for sure yeah whatever Running away is a song that, that Matt and I wrote uh years ago.
0: Oh really? That's another old one?
2: Yeah, that I, one is that's, that's the oldest one. Glasses. Oh. oh. That's the oldest one. And I was just it's about a girl, obviously. And it was about somebody that I was I didn't really date. I guess we dated. I don't know. What? Uh, but it was a good what what do you what are you saying over there, man? So what's her name? i'm not gonna say <laughs> that, <man. laughs> what's i don't name? think she would i don't think she would hear this but i'm not i'm not gonna say. what yeah it's it's a it's a I, i'll tell both of you guys probably all right sure. matt, matt already knows I'm matt already knows um, oh, okay. yeah it's just a song about a girl it's like everything seems like it's great and it's it's uh it's going really well and then all of a sudden it's not and you don't really understand why and you think maybe one day it'll work out maybe it won't and yeah Okay that's that running away but that's a song that's a song that Matt and I wrote in an hour like that song was uh I Matt had a riff and I was like, play the riff, and you didn't know what riff it was and I was like humming it and trying to get him to play it. He played it uh and then you know I started strumming chords and we built a melody around it and uh what mm-hmm. what I just got a text from you, Matt. I don't know what that means. For me? Yeah. Couldn't be. Then who? <laughs> then who? <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I got interrupted. Yeah, it just it came out. We wrote it. We recorded it. We wrote, I wrote the lyrics. The lyrics just kind of came out really fast. And the original version of it features uh, a door slamming in the recording, which I love. <laughs> okay. Which, if I could do it all again, I would have somehow found a way to get that door slam into the Shred Penner. <laughs> that, that would have been awesome. Because it was, uh, we do have the original recording of sunglasses actually has a crack of a beer. Yeah. yeah when I, I got home, <laughs> not just the
1: original, the the full version.
2: Yes. So Nate took it. Nate took that from the uh, yeah. the demo version of Nate. it and he yeah. inserted it. And that's what you hear at the end. You hear the beer crack yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like sipping on it. Yeah. and uh, The
1: metronome going.
2: Hey, the metro is still going because we were, re- we were recording the beer click, the click of the beer opening, oh, I see. to put into the to the bridge. I, guess. I will
1: say we had a, a listening party. Daryl, you weren't you weren't there, but that's no. all right.
0: I had to you work were... because it was a Thursday at midnight, and I I get okay, up at, pretty... I, get, I had got up five hours after.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways we were listening to sunglasses and then once that kicked in, Rob opened up a beer at the same time. Nice. And it is like, that was, that was
2: <laughs> I thought about it about two songs before when I opened a beer and I thought, Oh my God, by the time I finished this, it's going to be right around the time in sunglasses. Were the, <laughs> these are the kind of ideas that I have.
1: Oh yeah. They're no, there. I mean it's like, you way. know what? He's got, he's got some, some good, uh, like merchandising ideas as well, mm-hmm. which, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna pursue.
2: Nice. And I would like to give a shout out to my friend, Matt Cooper. Oh who yeah. Helped, who helped design the shred Penner logo. And, uh, going to do all of our artwork. Good logo. On the... I like it. He, he killed it. He killed it. Yeah. Yeah. It looks great. I had an idea of what I wanted and we spent the night up in his room one night and he had the, he's a, he's a designer and, yeah. uh, he literally, like, everything I imagined, he just made it happen, mm-hmm. and uh, he's awesome. Nice. Yeah, he it to fruition, and it, it looks awesome.
0: I love yeah, it. Yeah, it does. Yes. It's the kind of thing that look, looks great on a shirt, and I know Nate got it tattooed on his leg, I think. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Which yes. is awesome. And we're all getting it. We're all getting it. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're saying.
2: Sure. If anything, like, even if, you know, God forbid something happens, you know, it, we at least made this record, and we've done a lot. We've done enough to get the
1: been a huge
0: part of your life for so long guys yeah. have been doing tri- yeah, sure. covers yeah. forever yeah. like the cover bands are going on forever now
1: you know what i will bring this up real quick
2: uh an old band that i was in oh boy <laughs> uh, i know exactly what's gonna be said <laughs> an
1: old band that i was in which we mentioned earlier on uh he got a tattoo of the band mm-hmm. and it's not always a smart idea, you know.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it sometimes, especially when it's a big, big tattoo, and when you're revealing it to everyone that you got this tattoo, maybe there's a couple people mean... in the band that are thinking about leaving the band. <laughs> it makes it, makes it
0: a <laughs> I know who we're talking about. We won't. We won't say his name. But... Yeah.
2: I'd like to yeah. think that even now though he can look back and say that was a fucking great band. Of Broken course, Star. that's the thing.
0: Oh, I that's the thing, right? It's it's
1: Well, your... I mean, he he did he did bigger things after Broken Star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. So like, you know, it's not a big deal, like good for him.
2: Yeah. 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 I get I get a Broken Star tattoo. Say it right. Now.
1: I would it. do it. If, if 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 that's what we're going to I'll do it. I'll do yeah. it. Yeah.
2: Right. Get a whole sleeve of all the bands we were in. <laughs> that because we'll actually need a sleeve. Well, I won't. I I'll, I'll need like three bands. <laughs> I, I don't know if there's definitely that's one true. band name I don't want tattooed on me. Wow. What's, uh,
0: what's next on the track listing there? What's the that's next it,
2: buddy. One? We're at the end. Running away. Is the, that, the end one? Running away. That's all. Yeah.
0: Is that eight songs already? We went through eight, eight songs. Holy cow. Um, so that brings me back to kind of what I wanted to ask you guys earlier is like, who, who are you listening to right now? Like what, what, what are your go-tos? Like when you sit down and you have a free minute and you want to listen to something, what do you pop on?
1: I don't listen to anything when I want a free minute. Yeah. I, I'm not a a musical person. Like when I want to write stuff, I'm not listening to another band Mm -hmm. or anything that i kind of just i don't know i watch dr phil and then i come back and then
0: so you're not really like into any c- bands currently that you that you know there's, to to no, there's nothing no no mm. not even close Oop! rob left his phone probably died i saw that he plugged oh. his uh headphones back in and then he uh i don't know if that meant that he got enough juice that he could plug the headphones back in or if he had a whatever he'll be back he'll join back in no, I, I, I'm asking because like, there's so many bands right now that I, I have to like almost on a daily basis. I have to hear these songs. There's like, there's a group of like five or six songs right now that I have to hear every day. You know, it's killing me. Like, really? like, yeah. Like that Marcus King guy that I showed you that I sent yeah, you. That, uh, that man, blue
1: long haired guy. Yeah.
0: I, I have to hear like that live performance that I sent you. I actually did like a YouTube to MP3. I don't know if I should be saying that on, on micro. I don't know if that's, legit to do or not but i took it and i'm going to chop it up so that i can have that song on my phone there's there's like that whole live performance is amazing but there's two or three that i have to listen to on that every
1: day oh it's not on spotify or anything
0: well it is but not those versions because those are live versions
1: right that's what i mean the, the live version's no, not on there. no because not... some has that right
0: yeah but this was done for like uh like a youtube series for a radio station of some kind or like some kind of like music network yeah, yeah, I don't know that it was ever put out, but the recording is so fucking good. It's so good, like it, it sounds amazing. His guitar you say? tone it was in like
1: that, 19 or something like that. Mm-hmm.
0: The the kid is young. He's twenty four, but yeah, at the yeah. time, at the time <laughs> of that recording, he was probably like twenty two, and he was like destroying. Like he's such a good guitar player.
1: Well, I mean, like you sent that to me, and I was like, oh, I'll listen to it because Daryl sent it to me. Yeah, because if I just kind of.
0: Yeah, you'd never listen to that on your own. Nah,
1: no, never.
0: Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I, I know that's not your style, but for me, it's like there's no algorithm that could ever figure out what I like. Not a chance. Well,
1: for For me, like, I don't know. I just don't listen to anything religiously. Like, I really just listen to old metal stuff i used to listen to and then people are like how do you write pop when you're listening to metal Mm -hmm. i don't really know
0: no it's just you're a songwriter and when you write songs it just comes out of you it's not like you just write the stuff that you know how to write right yeah yeah i mean you can write anything We've, we've known that you we've talked before on this podcast on other shows about uh dead generation which was your metal project blue breeze which was your sort of I don't know how do you even classify that music. What was movies? It was it was rock, but it's like it was, it
1: was kind of just me like breaking into being able to do a uh, lead vocal, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: But it was also like a bluesy rock, almost. You know what I mean? And I know like you're not yeah, a yeah. huge fan of like well, bluesy I, type stuff, but it definitely no, was. No,
1: that that part came from my brother. I see. He had like a, uh, I guess like a bluesy rock sort of thing envisioned, right. Uh And then that's kind of where it went. So I kind of had to write songs based on what he's writing, right? Something that it wasn't just like you know too big of a contrast that it was stupid. Mm-hmm. So that's where where Blueberries came from, right? Because he's kind of like the grungy, like we call it. I'm back. You know, I'm
0: You're back. We hear you. Back.
2: Yeah. My phone
0: died. I figure that. So we were just talking about, we're just talking about, I was just asking Matt, what stuff he's listening to. If there's anything that he has to, if he has a free minute when he sits down, if he's got, you know, does he pop onto YouTube and listen to anything specific? (laughs) Is there anything that you've been listening to lately, Rob, that, or like something that you kind of is on the forefront of your mind right now that you have to sort of listen to every day
2: or, or every week or whatever? No, I mean, I, I don't,
1: he was gonna say Shred Penner.
2: I I do, <laughs> I do listen to your record
0: of Well that's all right. I mean you just put it out. You should be excited about it.
2: Yeah, and I, I also like if somebody tells me like if somebody will text me it, it's this thing I have
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they're like, Oh, I'm gonna listen to your record right now, I have to listen to it like while they're listening to
1: it. Oh I get that. I get that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I
2: have to like Yeah. Yeah. I I don't listen to a lot of music. I, I
0: That's so crazy that that you both just put a record out and neither of you is really listening to anything right now, which is hilarious.
1: Honestly, like for me, it was just, like Rob said, like he didn't even have a chance to, like, we didn't have a chance to play it as a band. Yeah. I just sent a bunch of songs. Like I sent, you know, like, like on my drum kit right here, I just send that to Nate. Yeah. I do all of it and then you know he's just like yeah i love it right i don't i don't want our stuff to sound like anything mm-hmm. but at the same time we sound like blink 182 and wide mouth mason
0: well that's the thing it's like you're always, I mean, you, <laughs> no, can always I see you can always find influences yeah. right but at the same time like i know what you're saying if you're actively writing like i don't and I don't write like I write little bits and pieces of bullshit that never comes to anything. It never comes to uh, any kind of fruition because I don't. I don't ever like anything that I write. It, I always toss it away. I listen to it twice, and I'll be excited about it one day, and the next day I think it's the worst thing I've ever heard, and I just delete it off my. Phone yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I, I mean, so I don't write, but at the same time. I know, I know what you're saying. Like, even if I write something in the vein of something, like, oh, I'm going to write a song that sounds like Green Day. Of course, it's never going to sound like Green Day. It's always, it might have Green Day influences or whatever, but it, it's always your own thing, right?
2: I will say this I, um, I was listening to a lot of music while we were kind of recording this, and I was going back to stuff like classic stuff that I like, like Oasis, mm-hmm. um, Cauterize, even. Like, I went, I went back and listened to some Cauterize stuff uh biffy Clyro mm-hmm. is a big is one of like they actually just released a song a couple of days ago called tiny indoor fireworks and mm-hmm. that's what i wrote there that band is fucking unbelievable they're a scottish band mm-hmm. they are huge in europe they're not that big over here mm-hmm. they are phenomenal so i will say
0: that yeah they were great i'm glad you guys invited me to that show that we went to that one time that was that Toronto. was
1: just a funny night yeah
0: yeah But you the coincidence of me meeting the other guy out front that you are meeting there yeah so i'll I'll tell the listeners for anyone that wants to that wants to hear this story i i walk up matt and rob say hey we're gonna go see this band biffy Clyro, and you should come along because they're really good they're huge in europe and nobody knows about them here they're playing at what was that venue phoenix the phoenix, the and, phoenix. It's a, and it's a they tiny sell place
2: stadiums in europe
0: right they're, they're playing o2 arena yeah. one month and the next month they're pl- they're playing the phoenix with two like
2: 25 bucks at the phoenix yeah
0: to how many people does that hold Two thousand people or something if that and i don't even know so i walk up and i'm standing out front and there's this dude there and and i'm looking awkward because i'm waiting for you guys to come and i'm texting you and you guys are like well we're in the uber right now and we're coming and I, and I just start talking to this guy. He's there by himself. And I, and I, yeah, what's going on with you? Oh, well, I'm just, you know, I'm here and waiting for these guys. Met some guys last night at the bar and they said they're going to Biffy Clyro and I'm, I'm from Scotland. So I love Biffy Clyro and I wanted to come and now I had people to go with. So we're going and now I'm here waiting for them. I'm like, yeah, my buddies, they're in the Uber. They're on the way. He's like, yeah, the same, my guys, they're on the way. They're in the Uber. All of a sudden you guys step <laughs> out and you start laughing hysterically. realize we're both waiting for the same guy. <laughs> Of all the people I could have talked to in that out front of that stupid place, that was the guy that stuck out to me to have a conversation with while we were waiting. It was so weird. It was the weirdest awesome. thing. It just made me feel like nothing is real. Everything is a movie. Everything is strange, you know?
2: I think that was, Matt and I feel like that a lot more. Yeah. Like, the weirdest shit happens to us. Like, it's Rob, unbelievable. Where did your your video go? You're not here.
0: Oh, oh Rob's video's on. off, yeah.
2: The listeners aren't going to know
0: anything about no, that. No. It's for our benefit only.
2: We're looking at each other. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're looking in
1: the eyes of the beholder.
0: And now Rob's muted. You're on mute. <laughs> oh,
1: good. He's know how to... from uh... well,
0: There you go. Now you're off mute. I still can't see you. You're back, but I can't see your video. Yeah. You, you muted yourself okay. by accident. There you Guess go. Guess who's back. There you go. <laughs>
2: Back again
0: <laughs> We're cresting the two hour mark here, boys. I want to know what's coming up um, for Shred Penner in the future. what's I mean once this nonsense is over, are you guys going to start playing some shows and playing just these originals? or Are you going to try and pepper in the originals into the into the uh, cover lineup, or what are you going to do?
1: Before all of that, we have a new record coming out. another one. Yeah, Yeah. we're going to be doing it, uh, I think, August, we're going to record it.
0: Holy cow, you're already working on another one. You just released this
1: one. It just came out last week. We're doing three. Oh, I see. Uh, We
2: signed up for a service that allows us to release (laughs) as much as we can within a year, so we're going to (laughs) fucking
1: max it. We're we're actually doing three records.
0: I see.
2: Okay.
1: We have enough for the next one, uh, and I'm kind of working on the next.
0: Wow, that is unreal to me.
1: You know, yeah, it's so funny.
0: And and I'll tell you,
1: fast-overs.
0: I was shooting the shit with, when I went to go see um, Curbside play recently, uh, not not Curbside, I'm sorry, Frank Dukes. I went to go see Frank Dukes. And the drummer for Frank Dukes works with you, Rob, Kyle, right? Yes. Yeah, and, uh, and I'm talking to him, we're shooting the shit. I'm just joking around. He's like, how come you guys haven't been, what uh, you guys, meaning one point loss, right? And he says, how come you guys haven't been uh, working on any music? Are you going to put any music out? And I'm like, there's two reasons. One, I don't write. And two, Matt and Rob are lazy. <laughs> and before I know it, a month and a half later, you guys are putting a record out. And now we're doing this podcast, and you're telling me you've already got another record basically written and ready to be recorded.
1: We're doing three. Yeah, we're doing three.
0: <laughs> so clearly the problem is that you're not lazy. It's the it's the proper motivation that you needed.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
2: Nice. Hey, we, my I've been writing songs the entire time, even after One Point Lost. Mm-hmm. There's songs that we have, that uh, just we're you know like running away was a bored afternoon in Toronto where we just wrote a song and recorded it and we're like oh cool we have a cool song and just went and got drunk that night like it's yeah uh, we, I
0: I know you guys have been writing all we a lot, have like, really
2: good writing chemistry yeah Matt, Matt writes absolutely. things that that really inspire me to come up with uh, really catchy melodies and it's like I find that the stuff that Matt writes is just like it's basically like i don't know for me it's just like a fucking big juicy tea with a you got a big fat driver and you just whack it like mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's easy you know yeah so
0: yeah and i and i think like you know going back to what i was just saying like i think the reason we didn't write the one point loss stuff because there's no no real motivation to do it there because i know you guys can write i mean like clearly i was joking because what i there's meant no-
1: real substance I, I guess
0: that's the thing and and i mean like i love playing that stuff but i know that you guys that's not really where your heart is right now at this point in your life you know and i still i'm a huge punk fan still and i'm listening to more and more new punk uh although i have to say like my heart is still back with that pop punk stuff from the early 2000s right and uh, you know right right at uh the late 90s early 2000s that's that's where my like that sound is just in my soul. It's just like anytime I hear any kind of a new band that sounds like that old stuff, it just you know it's it's what I want to play. But at the same time, there's not many people doing that around here. There are, there is a bit of a cool scene right now going on Kitchener, uh, Waterloo, even even some skate punk stuff out of Toronto is is really good. Uh, my friends in Somehow Hollow, you guys know them. They they put out <laughs> a record lately and it's it's really good. I love it.
1: They were they were there at the the night that One Point Loss broke up. Oh, really? Yeah, it was at the agency group Christmas party. Oh, wow. Yeah,
0: yeah. I yeah, I forgot that they must have been. Yeah, of yeah. course, they had to be on the agency group because they were. Oh, you we were, we, we, we played,
1: played shows with them. Yeah. We played shows. Yeah. With them. Yeah, you played the one played, in Kitchener. Yeah, the, yeah, what was that place called?
2: Registry Theater. Yeah,
0: the theater.
1: theater. So I
2: did
0: go. see you guys play then. I must have seen you play at least once because I was at that show. That's the night the power yeah. went out.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were too electric. The power went out, <laughs> or
0: or somebody <laughs> unplugged your shit, which I think I happen to remember.
1: That seems to be a little more fucking
0: since '84. <laughs> yeah, somebody oh, unplugged man. your stuff, and then the power went out. It was like I was like, "Is this part of the sh- what's going on here?"
2: It was like the power went out, and then the power actually went out.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Very strange.
2: You fucking unplug one point loss and you know, that they got unplugged the rest of Ontario's
0: too. <laughs> yeah. So shred penner has uh, now an Instagram, which I have been following, which is cool. Um, so people can follow you there. I'm assuming you guys are also, also have a Facebook link that you got. The guys can follow. People can follow you on if they want. Yep,
2: yeah, we yeah. do. I uh, Matt handles the Instagram. I, I, me and Nate handle the, I guess Nate handles <laughs> Nate, the, Nate handles basically, the- <laughs> I fucking I can't do Instagram. I need lessons. I don't know how it works. It's so easy. It's I, the I have an Instagram one. account for years. Daryl will I give need, lessons. I do. I need lessons. On will give Facebook. You. Yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> <Instagram>. <laughs> Skype. Skype. Instagram lessons. Let's do it. Wow. Wow. So we,
0: and we can look forward to this uh, second album in August, roughly. You said, right?
1: Roughly. Yeah, we'll be recording in August. Recording
0: yeah. in August, and then when do you think the third one will start to? come together
1: we were trying for 2020 maybe 2021 but i feel like three records is still pretty (laughs) fast
2: it's so fast
1: yeah we we kind of have just been in turbo speed for this it's basically
2: a build-up like matt like i said matt and i've been writing songs and every time we write a song fuck we write pretty good tunes we should write more and then we just end up getting sidetracked yeah uh so i think really now we've hit our stride we've we've done this and the fact that we can do this the three of us like nate is like unbelievable yeah definitely like great having musician. nate around is fucking great and
0: great musician he's great, enthusiastic
2: great about, he's as enthusiastic as we are about sure. it and he he's more more we are what?
1: way more I said he's more enthusiastic than we are. He, he
2: put the most work into this. Like
1: wow. he Absolutely. spent
2: hours and hours mixing mixing this stuff. And uh mm-hmm. yeah. it's unbelievable to see to see that level of motivation to to get stuff done. Yeah. And uh it, honestly the honest to God truth is the three of us have been playing covers for however long we've been playing covers, over five years. Oh yeah seven or eight years. And <laughs> yeah, so we've had well over five. We've had an absolute blast. We've, <laughs> yeah. We've had some unbelievable fucking adventures. Uh, we've played some great gigs and we have a fucking ton of fun. It's the funnest band I've ever been in. Like, uh, And I've never really had a bad time in any of the bands I've right. ever been in. So saying that is like a pretty big thing. I have fun in every band I've ever been in. It's always been good. But the three of us just seem to really click and uh it's great for me because they're phenomenal musicians and i'm just you know toe on the rope.
0: <laughs> well i think you're not giving yourself enough credit there but i hope you guys uh i wish you guys all the best i mean uh, the new record is good and i can't wait to hear the next one now that you're saying there's another one coming pretty soon um I hope you can still leave time that we can play some one point loss shows in between. Cause I, that's the only chance I yeah we play live. Yeah, I... we, we still will do that. yeah We
1: had some shows. We had some shows
0: we
2: were supposed to be yeah, playing,
0: right? Yeah. One was supposed to be coming up on the, this coming weekend, but that's of course kiboshed. I have not heard anything from anyone putting that show on, but I'm just going to assume that no, I, it's, I know it's not happening. Of course it's not happening. Nothing is open back up and there's no venues open. So we're not playing that one and there was supposed to be another one and and it fell through now, so COVID's kind of kicking our, kicking our chances of <laughs> of playing those fun shows, because that's what it is for me, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but those songs to me are so fun to play, even those old, old ones, like, I know Matt said to me one time, like, oh, Back Again is so old, but a good song's a good song, you know what I mean, and it's still fun to play yeah. live.
2: Yeah, yeah, it really is, that's a good song. I honestly, like, I like, like, Change is a good tune. Yep. I like playing all the old Curious Ryan stuff. All so the that's... stuff. All,
1: I love all those stuff.
0: All of our set list last time was great, and there was stuff we, we didn't play. And, it, I mean, how long can the set be, really? You know what I mean? Like, you guys have such a catalog. We're you, too? The... Yeah. You <laughs> can't do three hours. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
2: Not yet.
0: Yeah. Not yet. That's right. That's right. If you keep putting out albums at this pace, you might be at some point. I doubt
1: oh, it. <laughs> yeah. You know what? definitely not that area <laughs> but yeah we're putting out albums like crazy right now. who
0: knows maybe a shred penner will be embedded into an iphone one day when you buy it and you, ha- you can't get it oh. off here you can't get wow. it off your itunes like you two does
1: Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah that's a tough one to, to crack <laughs> for sure all
0: right guys it's been uh two hours and almost 15 minutes here so if there's anything else you want to say um tell before me before i go i would yep. just like
2: to say say one last thing sure uh it was a lot of fun for us to make the shred Penner record like a lot of fun. And it was, like I said, we had this trip planned and it was all, but it instantly just flipped to making this record and the anticipation of making it. And, uh, it's been such a great response. There's been so many, any, to anyone out there that's listening to this, that has given us any kind of positive feedback, the likes on our Facebook posts, the shares, uh, it, makes us feel very happy that uh the music we made was enjoyed by so many people and we're just going to keep making it so thank you guys very much
0: yeah keep doing it guys um thanks for being on i really appreciate it um i love doing episodes of this whenever i can it's it's tough to get guests not a lot of people want to talk on mic so i'm happy that you guys had something you wanted to talk about something that's meaningful to you and we were able to make uh i think this is a a damn good episode and i think people are going to enjoy it especially people that know us and maybe people that don't
2: so uh, I hope so. I'm going to say one more thing. Yeah, everybody out there that listens to this podcast should listen to all the episodes of the I Got Ass podcast <laughs> because I have, and I think they're all great. I yeah. You
1: no, know I feel like I may have been mentioned
2: in
0: you all almost all of them. How um, I many?
1: Eight, eight of them.
0: Well, there's <laughs> I think there's seven ep, seven or eight episodes. You have definitely been mentioned in about seven of them for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. You're I, of, I you're a common it. thread. You kind of are a co-host. You are like my co-host in in spirit <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks a lot guys um thank you to anyone listening to this episode if you like what you hear make sure you like it share it um subscribe on itunes uh it's on spotify now and uh we're going to get it to a couple other places hopefully as well um if i can manage to keep getting guests and keep putting out episodes so thank you for listening uh appreciate your time and we'll see you on the next show thanks guys